This is another digital citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome citizen. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the episode just uh, before the big uh, holiday in America called the 4th of July. Happy Independence Day tomorrow, Luke. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. Thanks, I guess. Uh, I think it happened mm-hmm. a long time ago, but yeah, happy 4th of July to you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because I really care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody who's listening to this is probably listening to it either on Fourth of July or the day after. Probably the day after because they're right. busy doing Fourth of July stuff on Fourth of July. But if you're listening to this on Fourth of July, happy fireworks day! Don't blow your hand off. I guess is my sentiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked about you behind your back this week, and uh, it was in a positive way. And uh, uh, because I was talking about Americans, and I said, it's kind of funny, uh, uh, Luke, that I have the podcast with is m- one of the most l- least American Americans I know of. <laughs> and I, I, I mean that as a very American compliment, Luke, so don't take it wrong. <laughs> I mean that you're not very uh, patriotic. Uh, Patriotic. I, I mean, I, I think you love your country, but you don't love uh, the people that are in charge of it. Well, you sure. know nothing about American sports. You don't follow baseball. You don't follow, follow American uh, football. That is true. Yeah. Right. There and 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 your interests uh, in things that are outside of. Uh, USA is one of the things that I would say makes you very <laughs> not American, funny enough. I mean, my favorite kind of music is probably Australian uh, hip-hop. So, yes, that is right. actually true. I mean, there are certain kinds of American music, but American pop music has been garbage since I was a kid, and I've always known it. Uh, right. Well, at least... Would you, would you... Yeah. Yeah. Would you agree to that you're not very American of you, other than that you live in America? Well, I, it's a little of, hard to say. Uh, I, I mean, like, I, I'm not as patriotic as... There, I mean, there was a there was a time where it was like uh, 9-11, and you either were patriotic or you... Uh, or get out, you know, Fro, that whole, that whole thing. And I was never right. on either side, really. I was never, like, the patriotic kind or the person who was, like, 
hated those people who were the patriotic kind, but I always kind of thought both sides were a little silly. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, um, I think I was more patriotic when I was younger, maybe, and I've grown up and learned more about my own country and what's going on. And I think America has changed over my 35 years of life as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I it's quite interesting. I'm I'm reading a book about American history right right now uh, called uh, 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 American History: What They Didn't Teach You in Class, or something like that. The alternative way to look into American history, or or something like that. The it's something in in that way where where they go over like very like famous moments in American history and look into it. Did it really happen like that? And 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 go into it with a very like critical uh, eyes. Do you remember like, the example, exact name of the of the book? Oh let me look it up while you talk about something interesting. The people's history of the United States by any chance? By Howard Zinn? No. Okay. When I was in uh, high school, uh, not senior year, so junior year, I had a. He was a brand new teacher. He was like, he was probably twenty five. You know, like brand new teacher. Like wanted to change. He was. He hadn't been broken by the school system yet. You know what I mean, bro? And first mm-hmm. first day of class, we came in and he said, "You see that textbook you got from the school?" I want everybody to bring him up and put him on my desk. And then he handed out Howard Zinn's A People's History of the United States. Um, and that was the same year 9-11 happened, was when I had that guy as a history teacher. And that re- really did change my outlook on American society uh, that whole year of being in that history class and then 9-11 happening. I remember in that class discussing with people and like, some people were like saying one thing and other people are saying another thing. And I remember talking to my friend, mm. my friend being like, uh, raising his hand in that class and saying, uh, you know, we, we've been attacking these places forever. It's almost kind of, uh, about time something happened to us. And everybody in the class got so mad that he had to be like thrown out of the class. <laughs> he had to go, they had to send him into the hallway so people wouldn't be upset with it. It's called A Skeptic's Guide to American History by Mark A. Stoller. Okay. Uh, it's part, part of the great courses. I would recommend uh, the American, the People's History of the United States as well. That's another good one. Go check that out. Okay. I will definitely. But uh, it, it's kind of fitting with the first thing we will talk about. But I, I just want to linger a little uh, around 4th of July because... That's uh, that's what I was talking about. What is Fourth of July today um, than it was uh, ten years ago? Has has it become more about the fireworks and the? It's always been about that. No, it's always been about well, that. Yeah, at least my whole life, yeah. it's been that. Because uh, I was born in the eighties, so it was already it was already big patriotic barbecue. Um, whatever flag cake and lemonade and fireworks that's yeah it's it's been that my whole life so i've never experienced anything outside of that really i also think i i think i funny enough 
one of the people that I think have changed a lot of view on, of my my uh, view of uh, American history has uh, been uh, the director of JFK. What was his name again? Uh, Oliver Oliver Stone. Stone. Oliver yeah. Stone. There you go. Yeah. And I I love his kind of. Uh, look into American history. He has also written a book about American history. That's also right. very interesting. I mean, a lot of people would say anyway. he's a bit of a conspiracy theorist, but I think some of the conspiracy theories he's brought up have come true, so how much of a conspiracy theorist can you call somebody when their theories come true, you know what I mean? Talking about being patriotic, we have uh, watched two days of uh, debates this uh, week. Will you lead us into this? Uh, right, we talked about it last week, of course, We uh, on Wednesday and Thursday last week, so it's not super fresh in our minds, because it was all the way as far back uh, in the week as we could go, but right. uh, the first night, uh, the big names, I guess, were uh, Cory Booker, Tulsi Gabbard, Elizabeth Warren, those were pretty much the three big names. Let's mm -hmm. go through each person and kind of what we thought of how they did in the debate, um... We'll just start with Bill de Blasio. What do you think, Fro? Uh, Bill uh, was maybe the one that uh, <laughs> I uh, was most shocked by. I I, th I think he was uh, very good, very bland, very... Uh, it, he reminded me a little of that robot from, from last time we did... Uh, the debates. I don't even remember the one that was with Bernie Sanders and Hillary. Do you remember him? <laughs> Martin O'Malley. Martin O'Malley, that's for sure, yeah. He reminded me a little of him. Uh, yeah, uh, he's like... I think he's the was the mayor of New York. Uh, right. And actually was known as not a very good... Uh, he was either mayor or governor. One or the other. But he was yeah. known as not very good to, for New York. Uh, so I can't imagine he'll do well there. Overall, he seemed like he was trying to be an outsider candidate as far as his what he was saying about his policies. He was trying to mm. present himself as like the outsider candidate, but he is generally just already a well-known politician. So I think he was just kind of trying to put up a front, but what he said, if it was true, I thought was pretty what it was pretty well said for a debate. Um He's up there on the people who I think may have won this debate, but Tim Ryan, I guess, is our next guy. Yeah, I don't fucking remember him. This is the guy who uh, was talking about who attacked us on 9-11 and said it was Al-Qaeda. Oh! <laughs> him. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or... That's right. Or was it? He said it was ISIS, <laughs> right? He said it was ISIS, and uh, ISIS. He ISIS ha had to been yeah. corrected because uh, that wasn't yeah. who attacked us. I don't think ISIS right. even existed in 2011. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but yeah. yeah, he was again. This was this was the guy who was uh, trying to yell over the top of everybody. He was trying to like. Oh my god! Yes. He kept just trying to get his point in and being very annoying, I thought, and that takes points off. If you're talking over people in a debate, automatic points off from me. 
Um, unless they're making a really good point. You have to make a really good point if you're going to talk over somebody. And he was talking over people and not making any good points. So, All right, Julian Castro. I, I, I just want to say that I, it was more talking over people in night two than night one. True. Um, but this yeah. was the guy that was instigating all the talk, talking over right. each other right here. Julian Castro was the next guy. Yeah, uh, uh, I liked him. Uh, I I thought he was maybe my personal winner of the night. I Actually, thought he was totally bland and got the... lost in the shuffle. To, that's what I thought. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think one of the reasons why why I say it though is because I knew absolutely nothing about him before. All right, Cory Booker. So, yeah, Cory. Yeah, what did you think? Yeah, you said he got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, but that's what Castro, I thought yeah. of Julian Castro. I didn't hear any good policies. I didn't. He didn't really stand out. At it. He didn't have any standout moments or anything like that. He was very... He, he didn't even change the expression on his face. So, yeah. He's not... I don't think he's going any... I think he's he's going to be out soon. Um, yeah. Cory Booker, I think, is considered one of the front runners, but he did not do himself any favors, I didn't think, in this... Uh, a lot of platitudes, not a lot of policy. Uh, although he did... Um, he did make some good points against uh, Trump, and uh, one time he mentioned Joe Biden. Um, but other than that, I mean, other than the Trump is bad, which is kind of just like a standard thing. I, I, I almost look over Trump is bad now because it's so just, you know, it's an easy platitude to, to say. Right. Um, Cory Booker, I did, uh, he had a lot to lose, and I think he maybe is the one who lost the most out of this whole field. Yep, yep. I totally agree with it. It is... Uh, he's my biggest loser of the night. I had very uh, much uh, higher... I wouldn't say higher hopes for him, but at, at least uh, that he would stand out a little more. <laughs> and I thought he was the biggest loser of, of night one. Oh, yeah, of night one. I wouldn't say he was... Yeah the worst in the debate, but as far as he had the most no, to no, no, lose, no. I, like you said, he's the yeah. biggest loser. Um, I think the two, two moreover was the guy who did the worst, but Elizabeth Warren was next. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought she did really she was... well. I'll, I, yeah, I'll do yeah. this one first. Uh, I thought she stayed on point and, and everything, uh, but she didn't really have mm -hmm. any standout moments either it was very but she did maintain her policy and everything else but she didn't really have have any giant standout moments that made her um pop out from the rest of the candidates i don't know what do you think it was very clearly that she was the front runner of the night in the eyes of the people that produced this show, show because she was uh, the one they uh, <laughs> asked the first question to and came back to the most of the time Sure. Uh, but uh, in that way, I, I thought they gave her the most leeway, and with the leeway she was uh, given, I didn't think she took the f uh, focus uh, away from uh, many of the other winners of, of the night, if you ask me. I mean, the one thing that <clears throat> in the past she's come out and said she wasn't for... Uh... 
she was she it wasn't that she was against it but she was for some other kind of medicare for all other than bernie's and then in this debate she came out and said she was for medicare for all which mm-hmm. is kind of a flip-flop but at the same time it's good that she's moving over to that side so i don't know um a little confusing but all right let's move to the texas guy better O'Rourke. <laughs> you mean you mean Beto O'Rourke? I'm suddenly all all, all of a sudden going to talk Spanish in my first sentence. Beto O'Rourke, right? Because he's from Texas, so he knows a lot of Spanish people, or his constituents are probably uh, overwhelmingly, or a lot of them are uh, Spanish. So, or were, I guess, before he lost. Um, yeah, that was the biggest. I think this guy was the lost the most out of anybody. I think he. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> was the worst out of the night. There's a class. Yep. If you go online, there's a GIF going around of Cory Booker just looking at him while he's speaking Spanish with this like <laughs> totally confused look on his face. Like, what the hell are you doing? Oh yeah, no, I totally agree. I think he was the worst. Uh, I I I lost all the respect from the documentary running with Beto. Was lost in one night, and I was like, ah. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> this is another guy that I think will be out. Julian Cas- uh, uh, Julian Castro O'Rourke, I think, are both people that don't have enough momentum to continue forward maybe after the next debate or even into the next debate. So, uh, Amy Klobuchar? I don't agree with Julian, though. I, I really don't agree with Julian, though. I, I thought Julian... Uh, yeah, but you got to look You got to look at the poll numbers. He's like... Oh, yeah. He there's a good chance he won't even qualify for the next debate, which me, because he's going to be below one oh. percent. So he he could that could automatically he's going to go. Why am I wasting my money and just drop out? Right. Because it costs a lot of money, Fro, to run as a pre, to run for president. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, Amy Klobuchar. Yeah, uh, the woman that I uh, thought was on every package of uh, cookies. She looks a little like that. I don't even know who that is, but like sure. Very, she looks very homey. Do you understand what I mean by that? Very, like, motherly? I guess so. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, it seems like... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to say about her other than she didn't really get anything in, and everything she did say, oh. it didn't really make any sense. So I just think she's a bad debater is what it is. Next. Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, my second winner of the night. She was on fire. Yeah, I, I think... I thought she was on fucking fire that night. I think she got some very, like, uh, the army, whole, the whole army thing, uh, stealing candidate, uh, stealing votes from the Republicans that way. Also, she was very clear on on policies, and I, I think uh, her and Julian did the best work. I thought Tulsi did the best debate uh, of, of night one uh, shared with Julian. I think she won. I think uh, number two for me, at least, as far as debating. Not necessarily who mm. I promote or who I'm... I'm just, as a debater, winning a debate, I'd say Tulsi won, de Blasio two. But we got mm. two more here. Jay Inslee. Well, I don't even remember this guy. Do you? Me neither. No. Nope. Uh, and then John Delaney, who was the guy on the end. Yeah. I don't even remember him. 
Uh, he did all right. He he got a couple things in, but this is another one of those guys who was just yelling over the top of people. It was that guy and then Tim Ryan. They were both just, well, let's yell over the top of everybody, and that is a negative for me. So, uh, one thing we should mention about night one is they they changed the uh, commentator or the um, questioners, moderators, moderators questioners yeah. yes. in the middle of it, and they come back, and it's clear that NBC had seen on. Twitter or somewhere online, people complaining that uh, not everybody was getting the same amount of time or getting to answer each question. So they come back, and I believe it was Chuck Todd says, don't worry, everybody. Everybody's going to get a chance to speak, blah, blah, blah. This is just how the format has to work because there's 10 people. And the crowd starts to boo because they're like, this is bullshit. And uh, who was the other person? Uh, Rachel Maddow goes... Oh, something's wrong with their audio. And they try to switch up the audio. They shut off the audio to the crowd because the crowd's booing them. And then they cut away to commercial because they're like, oh, shit, get out of here. They had to shut the crowd up because yep. they realized they're getting booed. That was hilarious. All right, night two. Um, let's make this a little faster. Marion Williams. Uh, my hippie grandmother. Yeah, it was very nice to see her. Apparently, she's an author and uh, a spiritual advisor to Oprah, Fro. Hmm? Uh, yeah, she's crazy. John Hickenlooper. Uh, I don't remember him. I'd say this guy was the biggest, the big loser of the night. Uh, Andrew Yang. Uh, yeah, I liked him. Uh, I thought he was uh, pretty good. I think he got some good arguments in. It was also nice to see someone from the Asian community uh, being representative. I like well. He's got this UBI or uh, Universal Basic in Income to give everybody a thousand dollars, and that was like the one thing mm -hmm. he got to say. I think he got to speak like yeah. twice, and he got to say that because like I feel like he did not get enough time. And I think I read an article that said that he said that they cut his mic at one point when he was trying to trying to speak over people, and he was not very happy about that. What? All right, uh, Pete Booty Judge. Oh my God! <laughs> get him out of that. <laughs> oh my god, I I really I really don't like that man after night two. Yeah, but I, we need I to get we were... need to bring in the Christian uh, uh the Christian <laughs> left, bro. This guy remember we've been talking about the Christian left in the past. This guy totally brought it up like it was a something we needed to uh, bring into the uh, fold. Oh, uh, but yeah, uh, he was the loser of the night uh two for me. Okay. Uh Joe Biden. This is the biggest loser for me. Uh, did not say anything really. All platitudes. Um, he was challenged by Kamala Harris, which we'll go into in a second. But the biggest mm -hmm. problem, he's answering questions. And instead of like, everybody will finish the answer to their question. When they're told to wrap up, they, they wrap it up as you know as fast as possible. Some people, other people just keep talking like a jerk. And he talks so slow. But Joe he Biden... But Joe Biden is talking, and then the time's up, and he goes, my time's up. It doesn't even yep. finish his sentence. He just stops mid-sentence and says, my time's up. And just, nope, I'm done now. It was the, That is a terrible strategy. I feel like he doesn't even want to be president, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I think he's just in there to try to uh, screw Bernie Sanders. Speaking of which, Bernie Sanders. Yeah, uh, good night. I felt uh, like he was given a lot of time. 
I was a, a little surprised uh, how how much in the center he was. I I thought they gave more time to Bernie than they gave to Joe, and I I'm I was happily surprised by that. I think Bernie took more time. I think Joe Biden didn't want to talk. I think his whole strategy is talk as little as possible because the more I talk, the more people are going to hate me, right? So even when he's like, I'm going to... Right when the time's up, I'm going to stop talking, even if I'm not done with my thought. I'm just going to stop talking because the more I talk, the more people are going to hate me. That's what I think Joe Joe Biden's strategy was. Right. Bernie, I thought... uh, He was definitely my second winner of the night. Uh, I have someone higher on my list. Who, uh, Bernie? Bernie? Bernie's but, second but winner? Bernie, second winner, definitely. Uh, Joe Biden was my biggest loser of the night because he had the most to lose, obviously, being the mm-hmm. front runner, and he definitely lost a lot. I, He's fallen way, way behind, even in the polls at this point. Bernie oh, yeah. Sanders, I thought, could have done better for what, yeah. what he was given. I thought he didn't go on the attack enough. For the fr- in the first debate, I think you need to go on the attack, and the person who really did go on the attack was Kamala Harris. We'll talk about mm-hmm. it next. She went after Joe Biden about his comments that we talked about last week about working with seg- segregationists, and she she really made herself stand out. I think she was the winner, as much as I don't like her. I totally agree. She's my winner of the night. I mean, I don't uh, agree I with a lot of her policies, and she said nope. in this debate she was for Medicare for All, and then the day after she came out in a news article saying she wasn't, so a- another flip-flopper on that. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't agree with her policies, but as far as a debate, she won the debate. Yep. I can't deny she her that. She won the debate. Right. Nope. She won the debate, uh, and I, th- I thought I thought <laughs> she was the clear winner of night two. I almost... It, uh, to put on my tinfoil hat, I almost feel like Joe Biden w- was trying to make her look good. He didn't care if he looked good. He was trying to make Kamala Harris look good. Does that sound crazy to you? Mm, not really. Okay. Kristen Gillibrand. Uh, talking about uh, crazy people. Yes. Uh, I did, I, she had a very good stinger uh, sometimes, but I did not uh, enjoy... She was uh, very yelly. Uh, she tried to take uh, uh, the attention a lot of times, and again, she she was the one that did it the most all through. I didn't think she was the, the one that did it the most. I'll, I'll tell you who I no? thought did it the most, but yeah. Okay. She was up but there, she but was she, def- she wasn't the most. She was up there. Okay. Uh, she was very yeah. sparkly. If mm. you saw... I- I don't know why they put so many sparkles on her. She looked like a <laughs> vampire from uh, to Twilight movies. Twilight, but... yes. yes. <laughs> I thought exactly the same. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I she just a lot of platitudes, not a lot of policy from her. So not nothing, no win here. Uh, Michael Bennett. Nope. I don't even remember anything he said. Nope. And then Eric nope. Swalwell was the guy that I thought did the most butting oh, in. He was the guy. Shouted. Jesus Christ. And talking over people and just interrupting everything. And the commentators would be like, okay, we get it. Okay, we need to move on. All right, that's enough. And he would just keep talking like a big jerk. And I know that some candidates see that as like, oh, they're being strong. They're being assertive. But to me, I just go, I don't want a jerk in the White House. (laughs) So, uh, all in all, uh, you... 
biggest loser and your biggest winner of the two nights. Oh, damn, I just went out of the list. Uh, I guess biggest winner uh, probably would have to be, uh, I guess, Tulsi Gabbard, because she was so far mm. down. I would say Kamala Harris, number two, but she was so far up already that... Um, right. But Tulsi Gabbard was pretty low in the numbers, and so, so she had a lot more to gain. So I'd say Tulsi Gabbard is the biggest yeah. winner, and then probably Joe Biden is the biggest loser. You? Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, uh, biggest uh, winner for me as well. I will actually go and say Betty O'Rourke was my biggest loser, because I liked him before the debate. Right, okay. <laughs> now I don't. He was already doing really bad in the numbers, so, yeah, I can't see him. John Hickenlooper from Night 2 and Michael Bennett, maybe Christian Gillibrand. These are the people I see not making it uh, or dropping out very soon. When is the next debate? I have no idea. I don't even know if they've announced it, so. Mm. It will be interesting. Hey, uh, there uh, was some other news. Not only Democrats did something this week, but Donald Trump walked. That was the news this week, I think. Okay, I'm seeing it right now, Fro, sorry. July 30th and 31st in Detroit, Michigan. Okay, Hosted by CNN. Yes, Donald Trump walked. That is the news this week. That is the news, but I guess it's um, bigger than that. He walked into North Korea, which no president uh, of America has ever done. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, well, I mean, presidents before the 50s, before there was a North Korea, went into Korea, but there wasn't any North and South Korea when it was just Korea, if that makes sense. So presidents have probably stood on that ground. But as far as North Korea goes, no president besides Trump has ever done that. Uh, it says he become the first sitting president to set foot in North Korea on Sunday when he met Kim in the demilitarized zone between the two Koreas and agreed to resume uh, nuclear talks. The meeting initiated... I loved it when... Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. No, I loved it when he said I. he was on the interview afterwards and he's like, I wasn't sure if he was going me to the other side but when he got me over to the other side i felt very uh, humbled and i was like he was on the other side do you really think he was going to let you be in in the wrong side of korea and he's going to stand on the other side and you're going to shout to each other do you really think he was not going to invite you over the line Really? Uh, that's generally how it's worked up till now. <laughs> that's the whole thing. Okay. Is n- most presidents, they have like in the DMZ or the DMV, uh, the demilitarized zone. Uh, there's like a little shack. I saw it. What was the show I was watching? Oh, jeez, it was some travel show I was watching recently, and they went there. Uh, and it's this little room that's like. Half of it is on one side, and half the room is on the other side of the line. And the, they put the table right in the middle, so that one half, one group can sit on one side, one group can sit on the other side, and neither is on. Mm-hmm. Like it's very, yeah. No, th- this is um, walking over that line is a big deal. It's not just like walking. Uh, yeah, if that's if that's what you're suggesting. <laughs> no, no, I'm suggesting that. 
he was so surprised by it when 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 it, it, he clearly comes from the other side and and he had to walk over the line to meet him well i think they that's invited what... him over that's what i was to understand right. yeah um i okay. mean pence was there i think but he was like way in the back looking at what was going on with like binoculars or something oh wow actually if you look down scroll down in the article we're looking at and you see Trump and uh, Kim shaking hands. Yeah. That blue building in the background? On the line. The, yeah. That is the little press room I was just talking about. Oh. Awesome. Like, in there, they usually, uh, yeah. Um, I have to look up what show that was that I was watching that had that in it. Oh, it was the Conan O'Brien travel show. Oh. Yeah, you, I remember you watching it. I don't I don't know if you saw it all, but Conan O'Brien did a travel show, and he went there, and he got to go inside that room, and he was making jokes about jumping from one side to the other. I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is a big deal. I, a lot of people out in up in arms about this because they don't want Trump dealing with the North Koreans. They, want, they don't want him to deal with them. He, they want him to just deal with them you know what i mean like militarily but he's he's dealing with them uh not in a military way and some people are not happy about that including democrats i don't know what do you think i think it's uh very good that he's talking to them to be honest and i i i i i like i i usually don't say this but uh yeah donald trump did something right this week I mean, we've been saying about this whole North Korea thing that he's been kind of on on it on the ball this whole time, and that a lot of people, are, yeah, are, he did a good thing with with this whole North Korea situation. And really, yeah. <clears throat> last year I think it was we were even talking about somebody was trying to nominate him for the Nobel Peace Prize, and we had to say like if he actually brings the North and South together, that is something that oh, yeah. would be worthy of a Nobel Peace Prize, even though we don't like Trump. Uh, yeah. We need to give credit to where credit is due, as they say. Well, not only that, don't get... When peace is happening, don't get... Uh, it's it's good to have peace, even though it's Trump. There's a lot of people that are like, it's got to be bad because it's Trump. You know what I mean? And that's not a good way to look at, at life. Is It's bad because it's this, or it's bad because it's that. It's bad because it's on Facebook, for instance. Oh, uh, let's mm -hmm. go into... Facebook, uh, real quick, because I don't think it's going to be Facebook anymore. It's going to be some other thing. They're they're going the way of MySpace, aren't they, Fro? They are going the way of MySpace. When I read about this, I was like, what the fuck is going on? It says here, over the past few months, Zuckerberg has spoken at length about his grand plan for fixing Facebook. It involves pivoting, as they say, to a private social network which focuses on closed spaces like groups or messaging, uh, like our group, Another Digital Citizen on Facebook, uh, rather than public news feeds. Doesn't that defeat yeah, so... the whole point of Facebook if you don't have a news feed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so welcome to MySpace, everybody, to Poem Doyle. Yeah, yeah uh, or even more like Reddit than MySpace, because MySpace, at least you had a wall, you know? Which... After a while, the wall became ridiculous. Remember MySpace at the end? You, you'd go into somebody's page, and it'd be oh. like 
20 minutes of loading pictures and then the song and everything, it would, yep. like, blow your computer up. Um, <laughs> it says here, on Monday, Pro ProPublica revealed the existence of private Facebook group which distur- was c- contained disturbing jokes from the U.S. Border Patrol a- agents in America. Uh, this... Uh, this plan was unveiled this March after the Cambridge Analytics uh, scandal hit. Critics were concerned that the shift would mean Facebook uh, was abdicating some of its responsibilities. Making Facebook more private would arguably be remove some of the problems of abuse, though it would make it harder for outsiders uh, to find instances of Facebook failures. Which I don't mind that, I guess. No. They're saying, like... Uh, the people who just go on websites just to complain about other people, <laughs> like on YouTube or on Twitter or on Facebook, they, if it's a private group, they're going to have a lot harder time uh, finding those things and complaining about it. But at the same time, they're also going to have a harder time finding, I don't know, racists and uh, terrorists and things like that talking on Facebook. But I'm sure Facebook has a way to find those people. I'm sure. And, and it, I don't know. There's a very big case going on. I was trying to get get you some links to it in Norway. Uh, uh, talking about all this, uh, uh, there's been a big pedophile ring uh, discovered in Norway again. We talked about this maybe a year ago or something. Okay. And now, now it's up in the news again because uh, now they found... Uh, methods and language they have spoken on Facebook groups and and uh, I read that uh, they've used uh, data analytics in and then in a new different way to find this pedophile ring and uh, how they hide how they were hiding in on Facebook groups and things like that so it's clearly that Facebook is used for shit. That is very, 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 very bad. There's absolutely no, 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 no qualms about it. It's used in a shitty way if you really want to. Well, right, but so is uh, CSGO if you really want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> There's a chat function in something like video game or... A YouTube video or anything, somebody's going to use it for a bad purpose. So that's just how oh, yeah. they, that's how the internet works. But Facebook but is it, saying it's yeah. going to ban ads that discourage people from voting in 2020. Uh, according to the second annual civil rights audit published on Sunday, Facebook pledges to put a new don't vote policy prohi- uh, prohibit prohibition into effect in fall before the 2019 U.S. elections on November 5th. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, they they uh, are less or more. Let's say they will not allow people to say, "Don't vote! Don't vote! Don't vote!" Well, or buy ads for that specific pur- purpose. I think it, it like right. you could go on your own Facebook page and say, "Hey, it's don't vote. It's not worth it." But if you wanted to buy Facebook ads that said, "There's no reason to vote." That is against the rules. Uh, Well, it says here, the policy is likely to only apply to the United States and will not include policy uh, policing of organic posts from users, like I just said. Um, 
The new don't vote policy is in the developmental stages and the company is seeking advice from voting organizations. <coughs> uh, I see one big problem in this, but do you want to go into what you think about it first? Well, I, I think it's interesting uh, uh, because uh, Ian van der a senior counsel, says that ads telling people to boycott the election uh, was targeted uh, only, mostly, to African-American Facebook users. I find that very, very interesting. So I, I, I get why they are doing this, uh, because it's probably uh, most uh, a Republican ta tactic to get people to not vote. Uh, I think the the more the less people that votes, the more likely it is to get a win for Trump in 2020. That is a classic um, trope that you always hear: is uh, the bigger the out the turnout for the vote, the more likely it is we'll we'll get a Democratic uh, winner. Right. Even presidential, state, <laughs> local election, it doesn't really matter. The uh, right. So here's the problem I see, Fro, is that Republicans or conservatives will see this and go, Facebook is specifically making this policy to fight us and work with the Democrats. Do you see how hmm. they could see it as biased? Because that is a yeah. known thing that if people don't vote, there's a good chance the Republicans could win. So Facebook says, we're yeah. going to make this policy. It's almost saying we're against Republicans in a way. <laughs> when you think about it, or if yes. you were to construe it from uh, a Republican's point of view, put yourself in their shoes. Mm. Uh, so I see there being a little backlash. Well, well, we're yeah, we're going a little bit, we're going a little long here, but let's make these next few stories quick. Uh, why don't you go into the next one? Because you like listen to a lot of audiobooks more than I do. I listen to some, but you listen to a lot more audiobooks than I do. I... I read a lot of uh, books as well on my Kindle. I have a Kindle, people. The day of the e uh, the day the ebooks stopped working. Uh, customers who bought ebooks via Microsoft Online Store are losing access to their libraries. The server service launched in 2007 relied on the use of web browsers rather than a dedicated app and failed to build in a significant audience. Titles purposed or offered for free will no longer will be available. Uh, Out-of-pocket users are, however, being offered refunds, including a $25 credit if they made the highlights or notes, which they also will lose. Right. Uh, uh, it says here... Yeah, even if they were free initially, you're still going to lose it. Like, And then if you paid for it, that's even worse, because you paid for something, and now you it, it's like you never owned it. I mean, I guess it is you never really owned it. You were just renting it that whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about this when I read it. Uh, read it. What if Audible went uh, bankrupt tomorrow? Uh, would I lose all my thousand books that I actually have on Audible? 
No. I have thousands of books. Because right. <laughs> they, they don't work off the browser system. They work, they have oh. a specific, uh, what do you call it? Uh, oh. It's not an app. It's the file, the file type they use is different. Right. Uh, and that's the way they secure their stuff is file type. So it's different than using the browser, uh, like I guess Microsoft was doing, which I never used that at all. Did you have? No. Did you ever? No. 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 Okay. Uh, so a follow up, really quick, to something we talked about a few weeks ago, I believe. Mm-hmm. We talked about the Straight Pride Parade that was going to happen in Boston, uh, which we thought was really silly, uh, from something called what was it? Happy Fun, Super Happy Fun America. Right. We almost called our episode that. We kind of did. We put a little bit of that yeah. in there, but we didn't want to seem yeah. like we were trying to support these nut jobs. But someone mm-hmm. sent to Straight Pride Parade organizers suspicious packages filled with glitter. I'm guessing they were probably those glitter bombs you can buy on eBay. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly <laughs> what I bought them. And I think that's the best thing I have ever heard of. Uh, the organizers of the group, like I said, Super Happy Fun America, called incidents actions of domestic terrorism, Fro. Mm-hmm. At least three of the parade's organizers say the sus- suspicious packages were sent to their homes and that police, uh, they cl- they contacted the police Monday. Authorities responded but found the packages containing no expla- explosives or dangerous substances. Um, from what I- I'm to understand, it was... Not only was there uh, glitter in there, uh, but it had, um, what do you call it, like notes or like letter, and most of it was like mm-hmm. uh, pas- passages of scripture from the Bible, bro? Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing they were being attacked by some kind of Christian group, Christian Democrats possibly? Um, Maybe. Like we said before, the group sparked criticism nationwide when they announced plans to hold the Straight Pride Parade in Boston to celebrate uh, diversity, culture, and contributions of the straight community, which they called Oppressed Majority. The Oppressed Majority, mm-hmm. right. Uh, oppressed Majority. How does that fucking work? I don't... Yeah, well, mm, I don't know. Uh, the group blamed hey. Antifa for sending the packages. There we go. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you know what the fuck says? Uh, sometimes. Or I did like mm-hmm. five or ten years ago. That song was so long ago. I've lost track of time. <laughs> what does the fuck say? Quack, 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 quack. Hey, Arctic fox walks more than 2,700 miles from Norway to Canada. An Arctic fox that walked 4,415 kilometers from northern Norway far north in four months Norwegian researchers said Norwegian Polar Institute reported the young female fox left her birthplace in Norway Svalbard uh, on March 1st 2018 and reached Canada uh, elsewhere island uh, by uh, way of Greenland on July 1st 2018 so they walked a fucking long time. That's the question you have? My first question was, wait a second, you can walk from Norway to Canada? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a lot of globes in my day, bro. I've seen a lot of maps. <laughs> I've seen a lot of GPS. I've seen a lot well, of it. Well, Never seen a way I... where you could traverse <laughs> from Norway to Canada, but apparently that's possible. 
Well, there's something called Flat Earth, Luke. So what they did <laughs> is they walked up to the north of Norway, mm-hmm. walked over the edge, walked the edge right away over to Canada. That's how they did it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, no I, I thought that was really weird, but I apparently have... it says um, that it, using glacial ice... Uh, the fox was able to to reach Greenland. Uh, if you actually, yeah, it was the other I story I sent you. It's it, the other yeah. story I sent you. If you if you had looked at that, it had the actual gra- or chart of how the path it took. Oh, so it I'll actually, yeah, um, it went okay. up all the way up and then came back down to Greenland and then went back up into northern Canada. Kind of interesting. How is that possible? Oh. It says here, sea ice allows Norway's Arctic foxes to reach Greenland and North America, though it is not known why they leave their birthplace uh, in search of such places. Mm. Yeah, but it, it does seem like March 1st, it seems like it waited for spring, right? And then it was like, mm. now's the time to go, almost. Yeah. Interesting. Well, uh, talking about interesting news, tell me about uh, also a little follow-up from last week about UFOs. It's definitely not from last week. This is from, like, I want to say, like, four months ago. Well, we talked about UFOs last week. Oh, we talked about UFOs, yes, yes, yes. yes. But we actually talked about this specific UFO, like, three or four months ago, right? Uh, Scientists conclude cigar-shaped interstellar object is not an alien spacecraft... After Aww. investigating the nature of the mysterious Amunamua, remember this? Mm-hmm. Uh, spotted in 2017, speeding through our solar system. So it was way longer ago than 2000... 2017, geez, we talked about this forever ago. Uh, speeding through our solar system, astronomers remain uncertain over how to classify it, but are confident it is not an alien spaceship. So what is it, then? A big rock, probably. They said they don't know how to classify it, so they really don't know what it is. So, uh, is it a UFO, then? If they don't know how to classify it. It says here, researchers wrote that a straightforward explanation for it is that it is planistismal, uh, a planetary building block or fragment of one formed in a faraway star si- or faraway star system. So okay, that- so it's a rock. That's yeah. what they say, yeah. <laughs> it's a rock. It says co- the composition remains a mystery, including whether it is just a rock or includes some metal or other ingredients. It is currently located just beyond Saturn, is what they're saying. So there you go. Mm. Cool. Uh, no Trump tells the truth this week because he was on holiday. So let's go right into the loudest voice. What is the loudest voice all about? Well, at least episode one, I'll go into the description of that. Uh, it's called 1995. Actually, every episode name is a, a date or a, a, a year. So this one's called 1995. Roger Ailes, fresh from being fired from his perch atop CNBC, joins forces with media magnate Rupert Murdoch from to form Fox News Channel a conservative-leaning news outlet. Working feverishly to get ahead of the competition, Roger must do the unthinkable and put an entire network on the air in the space of six months. 
Mm-hmm. I knew nothing about Robert Ailes, so I I bought uh, uh, like a very like short Kindle book that I found online about him, just like very like it was almost his Wikipedia <laughs> article. Uh, I I find I find the man very interesting, but let's go into the show. Uh, what did you think about this? Uh, I thought it was Vice 2.0, like I said last week. It, they definitely saw mm-hmm. that Vice did well and that people liked it, and they were like, let's make a f- TV show. And they're like, we can't make a TV show on the, the same conservatives. And they're like, oh, we'll just find a different conservative guy, fat guy, to make a show out of, and we'll use a different celebrity, right? I mean, <laughs> kind of how it feel, felt to me. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm not I'm not saying that's a bad thing, uh, but... I'm saying it is. I'm saying it's yeah. un- unoriginal, and if you think unoriginal is a bad thing, then I would say this is unoriginal. But I, I must, I'm, I, I must give kudos to Russell Crowe at least because I did not think that it was Russell Crowe underneath all that makeup there. Wow. Okay. Uh, I thought the Vice makeup was a hundred times better than this makeup. I didn't think this makeup job was anywhere near to as uh, impressive as uh, the Vice, uh, kind of, uh, whatever, the face the face work they did on that, I thought right. was way more impressive. This one I could definitely oh, tell where the real face was and uh, started and stopped. I don't know. That was just me, though. Mm. Uh, Sienna Miller uh, played good in this. What the fuck is Seth Far- uh, MacFarlane doing in this? I have absolutely no clue. <laughs> My guess is he um, looks like the real guy, and so they wanted somebody who looked like that, and they maybe he just fit the bill, and he was already an actor, yeah. n- well-known enough that they could put him on the poster, you know, put him in the ads and things like that. So, I mean, really? he's better in this than he was in that whatever fake Star Trek show, so I'll give him that much. True. Sure. sure. Uh, but my go-away was uh, Naomi Watts that's played the Christian Carson. She was fucking amazing. But uh, I think I will rate this a little higher than you. I have, a, I have a strange feeling that I liked it more than you. I like TV shows about TV. I like very much when it goes very... Uh, what is it called when something looks into itself? Meta. It's, it's very meta, thank you. Uh, and I found this uh, TV show to be very meta. So I give this first episode a 7.5. I'd probably give it a 6. I mean, yeah. there's a few things. Uh, the acting's great. The story is what the story is, I guess. Um, right. It's not original in my mind because this, this if it would have come out five years from now, I'd say okay, but... Coming out the year after Vice, it feels like a little bit rehashed. Um, mm. I feel like maybe it's going to get better and I'm going to improve the score on it. But so far, as far as engagement goes, as far as something exciting and everything, it's a lot of like boardroom talk or like <laughs> things like that. That it, it's not. There's no action. Anything. It's all you know. Like Fro said, it's all. Uh, drama, TV drama, and that is kind of something I also take away from it is, 
Fro likes it, I dislike it, is if you're going to make a TV show about a TV show, uh, there's certain ways mm-hmm. you can do it correctly. And this did it correctly, but it also is, it's like making a song about a song, about writing songs or uh, making a movie mm-hmm. about making movies. It can be done correctly, mm-hmm. but it, it's very difficult. And in this case, I felt like a lot of the boardroom scenes where it's like, they're talking about the politics of the day and this and that. I felt like we're kind of maybe not boring, but a little too long to the point where I, I kind of started to be like, this is dragging, if that makes sense, bro. Mm. Uh, but overall, I thought it was a good show. I mean, it's a it's definitely above average, so I give it a six. Yeah, and I gave it a 7.5. I, to, I, 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 I agree with you to a certain point. I think it has the ability to get better. I will be in a very interested in what uh, if they go back or forward in time. I have. I'm very uh, glad uh, that they did it with gears because that makes it a little less bingey. Sure. Uh, it didn't feel like it, a TV show that you have to binge. And not it, yet. It at was, least. Wasn't me. Yeah. At, at least not yet. Yeah. So. But I don't think it was designed to. This is an episode-by-episode thing. But the one thing I'm kind of worried about, which I don't know if you've seen this yet, because I've been... I I do the descriptions, but this one's called Mm. 1995. The next one is called 2001. Mm. So we're skipping a whole lot of time, and I'm wondering if that's going to be filled in or we're just going to be thrown into 2001. I'm not really sure. I hope the latter. I I, I hope we're just going to be thrown in and... Uh, we will get a, uh, like a glimpse into 2001. That's what That's I think what they're going to do too, but I, I feel like there's yeah. might be some disconnect where we go, what happened in between the last episode and this second episode? But we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, we have an email address. It's another digital citizen at gmail.com. I don't know why I fucking bother saying it every week, but it is another digital citizen at gmail.com because... Nobody fucking sends emails anymore. No. Not even Jeremy. No. Uh, where are you, Jeremy? We miss you. believe he sent us something underneath uh, the post for the podcast on our Facebook group. So I'm going to go there and see what Jeremy wrote to do you us. Mean, do you mean another digital citizen on Facebook? That's right. If you want to send us something and you don't want to email us, just post it underneath our... Uh, the actual podcast you're referring to, or you could just post it or send me a DM there or something like that. I'm on there all the time. Uh, Jeremy says, Bernie Sanders, age age 77, Joe Biden, age 76, Donald Trump, age 73, Elizabeth Warren, age 70, and age is your problem with Bernie Sanders, question mark? referring to last week, I think was your your point, Fro, is that that was the one thing you had that they could be against Bernie Sanders for, was the age thing, if you remember oh, talking about that. I, 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 said, I said that they could use that. I personally don't care. Right, I think when you said, the way you said it was uh, the one thing I think of first when I think of negatives against Bernie Sanders is age. And so I think he construed it wow. that way. I, I, I kind of did too, to be honest. Um, but it is okay, a good yeah. point. Like, no, no. lots of these candidates are in their 70s. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Joe Biden is right there with them. And Donald Trump is, 
not too far off, uh, even though he hides it with, I'm sure, I guarantee you he's had some plastic surgeries, he's got all that freaking makeup on, and the tanning, and like, the fake hair, uh, he might not look the same age, you know, but it's because he's very vain, and he puts all this stuff into it, where Bernie Sanders is like, I don't give a shit what my hair looks like, I'm here to save the world, bitch, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, TV round, Luke. I saw a season one of In the Dark, other than the two first episodes that I had wa- watched before. Right, okay. So, I, so the finale was this week. I'll tell that to everybody. Yes. This was on CW Network. Continue. Yeah, so I binged uh, the last uh, ten episodes. Uh, I usually do that when I find a show that I, I don't really want to follow every fucking week. I... I'm a binger. Luke is a more week-to-week person. Um, I I I have forgotten to ask you how how you like Nosferatu. By the way, do you still like that show? Uh, I've kind of stopped watching. I watched three episodes, and I I, I not I just guess I forgot about it. I don't think I wrote it down on my sheet, and so I uh, I'll have to go back and watch it. I I, I wouldn't say I'm. You're more of like a full binger, where I, I wouldn't say I'm always episode to episode. Lots of times I'll watch like the first two or three episodes and then stop watching for a little while and watch three or four episodes and then continue and then to the finale, you know what I mean? Where like I'll binge right. three or four episodes, but I'm not, I don't like to binge a full season. Cause n- number one right. reason I don't like doing that is because I get tired of um, the show and then I feel like yeah. it diminishes the how much I like the show. If I just mm-hmm. watch it uh, back to back to back to back, um, I mean it doesn't always happen, but sometimes it does. But yeah, this was the finale of In the Dark. Uh, this was a murder mystery show about a blind lady who finds her dead front friend, and she has to figure out who killed her uh, friend. And of course, she's blind, so she has to work around this disability. Um, I I'm really. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. I really like the ending. Cool. Uh, I thought this is is was very surprisingly good. I I said in the beginning when we talked about this, I'm hundred percent sure it's the boyfriend. And I'm, I, I was I was I, I was watching uh, the two last episodes, and I was like, well, I'm I was kind of right. <laughs> if you construe I, if you construe it and you happen to like n- be a time traveler it could have been right maybe but that's not how right. that works bro no um no. but i i, I know, know what you mean the second to last episode they kind of reveal it uh <laughs> and me and fro were both wrong we're not going to ruin anything for anybody because oh. i feel like everybody should go watch in the dark probably one of the best shows uh at least the most surprisingly good show of the year but i would say oh. It's in my top ten, definitely, of shows. Maybe in my top five. Not really sure. But of the year, I'd say it is in my top five so far. What do you think? Uh, no, it's not. But it's six. This just had so much... The thing that really that I really liked about this show is a lot of these shows mm. lately that we've been talking about bringing in the feminism angle or bringing in a disability person or bringing in, uh, you know, um, somebody... Uh, with a specific background like being uh, Arabic or something like that to like just put it in there so you have it in your show and then it, mm. it's almost feels very pandering 
You know what I mean, Phil? Oh, yeah, yeah. This, the main character is blind, but at no point do you feel like it's pandering the fact that she's a blind person. She, it's, it's her struggle to overcome it, but it's not um, pandering in any way. She's like a really, no, really there's... strong, blind female character, and you don't feel like yeah. it's uh, over the top or ridiculous in any way whatsoever, like some shows uh, lately, I guess. And that's what I really liked about this, is that it it used all those things that people are putting in shows now to kind of get to get views and get ratings by... Uh, uh, the real word for it is either pandering or uh, using people, using people's identity, using identity politics to try to sway people's uh, opinions on things. Do you know if this did any good, though? Uh, did this get any good numbers? I have no idea. Uh, no, okay. No, I, I hope there will be more than one season because this girl is a fucking badass. They set up for a second season, 100%. Uh, yes. Yes and no. I mean... Uh, uh, no, they definitely uh, set up for a second season. I, I, I can see where you're coming from, Luke. <laughs> but they also... Uh, ended the main storyline for season one, so... Oh, yeah, they did that, but they definitely put in a thing at the end with the key. The key? See, I'm not ruining anything if I say that. Uh, That is gonna be the storyline of the second season, so... I understand. Oh, wow, yeah, it looks like the demo's not great, averaging a point one, so that's not good. Uh... Bad. But in the dark has been renewed for a second season, which will be det- okay, oh. which does not have a date yet. But it has been renewed. But it did not get very good, good. ratings. But it has been renewed for a second season. Yes. Oh, good news. Okay. But yeah, no, I give it an eight. I gave it an eight point five. So we're damn close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to save that for last. Uh, I saw a lot of Glastonbury this week because Glastonbury was the week. So I saw a lot of music. Uh, I saw Miley Cyrus. I saw uh, I saw Aurora, the Norwegian uh, artist. I saw Lauren Hill. I saw Liam Gallagher. I saw uh, what else did I say? Uh, Chemical Brothers. Uh, I saw... <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I, we got it. Yeah, You saw a bunch of bands, yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, I watched, actually, I binged five episodes of Elementary this week. Uh, kind of ah, going okay. against what you said earlier <laughs> about me not binging things, but I had watched uh-huh. the first couple episodes, I believe, and uh, I'd kind of fallen behind, and so this week yeah. I caught back up on it, and this is the final season, so I want to keep really up up to date on this one that way i can watch the finale finale um because it seems like they're building to some overarching storyline through the whole seasons involving sherlock's father so we'll see what happens with that i decided uh that i'm going to watch this from the beginning again because one it's a uh, very long since i've stopped watching this show it feels like and I was already uh, like three seasons behind or something like that. So I decided that I'm going because I know this is the last season. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to wait uh, to this ends and watch it from beginning to end. Like, from episode one to the last episode. Yeah, that's what I said about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That really didn't work out for me. So, um... <laughs> so, yeah, what else did you watch? But, but you... But... <laughs> <laughs> you need to explain that to the listeners, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if if you weren't around when we we talked about it initially, but I had planned on Brooklyn Nine Nine. It was the final season. It was going to be over. I believe it was season five, and no more seasons yep. or whatever. And uh, yep. I was like, okay, once this season gets over, I'm, I haven't seen a single episode, so I'm going to go back and I'm watch every episode and let you guys know what I think. And then. It, it, Huge outcry from the fans of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and they all they brought back yeah. another season, and I hadn't started watching it yet, but I am watching it now. I actually watched a bunch of it this week. I'm in the end of season five, almost into season six, so. Okay. Um, what else did I watch? I watched one of the best shows this year. Um, I watched Years and Years. This is a British uh, television sci-fi show. Uh, I don't know how much I want to speak about it because I don't really want to destroy it. Uh, But it's been years and years, haha, funny pun, uh, since I've seen something this original, this good, and something this thought-provoking. Uh, it has Emma Thompson in a very small but very important role. Uh, it's uh, talking about politics. It's talking about AI. It's talking about what families. It's talking about uh, uh, sexuality. It's talking about uh, LGBTQTRS rights. It's it's a show. That is so filled with good acting from A to B, and it's a very good meaning show. It has uh, six episodes. Uh, I rate this a 10 out of 10. I fucking loved it from start to uh, yeah, from start to end. I have nothing bad to say about this show. Okay, uh, I watched a Netflix show called Mr. Glacius, which we talked about when we did all the new shows coming out. Uh-huh. I watched two episodes as, as well. I saw four episodes of this. Uh, Why? It's your standard sitcom. <laughs> Why? Why did you watch four episodes? Uh, it's your standard sitcom. <sighs> That's my answer. <sighs> I mean, it's just a standard sitcom. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It didn't like, um, didn't offend me in any way. It the jokes weren't really weren't good, but they weren't bad. They were just standard like jokes for if you're watching with your family kind of thing. It's a it's a show made for kids and their parents. It's not a show, you know, that's trying to break any boundaries or anything like that. It's a single camera. Uh, sitcom. It's not, you know, uh, trying to do anything impressive as far as a TV show goes. So, overall, I thought it was actually kind of a fun little show. If you 
are just looking for a stupid sitcom. You don't have to think. It's not overly uh, dramatic or over. It, there's no violence. There's not really any bad language. If you're looking for something to watch with your kids that's just kind of entertaining, I would say this mm. is okay. What do you think? Uh, I got more offended by this show than you did, I guess. Uh, I think uh, there's a right way of doing this, uh, this kind of show and the wrong way of doing this kind of show. This felt very like uh, uh, under the same roof uh, kind of uh, thing uh, where nothing hit it. I didn't laugh even once of the two episodes I watched. I didn't find anything amusing. I found it very irritating. I found that I didn't like any of the characters. I didn't like any of the storyline that was going on. Uh, I, I, I don't think I can say much positive about this show other than that it's free with your Netflix. You said you were offended by it, though. What what offended you, or did you just mean you were offended as in you didn't think it was good? You didn't mean, like, actually offended, right? No, no, I didn't mean, like, it it it, it was offending me. I meant Well, okay, that's what you said, like, so it really did sound okay. like that, okay? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I didn't... Maybe the one part where uh, he goes... He says some tr joke about the president... And everybody in the room laughs about it. And I'm like, if there was a room full of 30 people, even if they were all kids and you made a Trump joke, yeah. not every yeah. single person is going to laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody is going to go, I, I'm a Republican, by the way. That was the one part that I'm like, this, this show is living in like a fantasy world, but it's just American single camera sitcom. You can't expect, it's not, it's not the... Game of Thrones or anything like that. It's just a stupid. No, but, but when if you want to do a sitcom, at least make it fucking funny. That's that was my biggest problem <laughs> with it. I didn't laugh one single time. I thought Not there were a few time. good jokes in there, but that's just me. Yeah. Uh, what did you score this? Uh, I gave it a five, right in the middle. I gave. Yeah, I and I gave it a three. I thought the guy from The Office was very funny in this. Uh, oh, yeah. I did yes. think kind of um, them making fun of the redheaded lady for being very Christian, conservative, like, what's a good word for it? Sheltered. Being very sheltered. Mm. I thought that the, that whole um, interaction between him and her is a very funny storyline. Uh, not really a big fan of the principal. I, I think she overplays her role a little bit, but there's some good yeah. things in here. I don't know. Uh, if you're, like I said, if it's, if you need a sitcom to sit down and watch with like your 15, uh, whatever, 12 to 15 year old kids, uh, while you're having uh, Friday night dinner or something like that, this is a good show, I think, to be honest. Okay. Uh, there was a new show coming out this week called uh, The Rook. Did you see this? Yep. Uh, I will let you talk about it first time. Oh, no, go ahead. I was in the... Yeah. Okay. I went first uh, last time. I, I just talked about Mr. Inglacius, so... Yeah, uh, I mean, it's a supernatural uh, kind of spy thing. Um, I uh, was very surprised by this. Uh... Uh, 
I thought was uh, much better than I was fearing. I have, I don't think I've seen uh, much of the people in this show other uh, than uh, Emma Greenwald. I I knew uh, of her, but other than that, she's from I don't the path. Right. Yes, yes, she's from the path. And that's where I knew her from. But other than 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 her, there there was. Uh, it's very uh, it's very um, uh, supernatural kind of show. With it felt like a crossover between uh, what's the show where all the writing is on that girl. She wakes up and remembers her nothing. You got um, me. I was thinking Orphan Black, and that's not the same show oh, you're talking about. So, but this well, is Orphan Black. Yes, it's Orphan Black with uh, uh, that show where she w- wakes up and remembers absolutely nothing. But I liked it. I gave it a, a six point five. Okay. Uh, this also has Olivia Munn in it, so I'm not really sure how you missed that that one. But oh yeah. yeah. Uh, that's a pretty big name. Adrian Lester, who's been in a lot of things, uh, <laughs> is another big name. Uh, he was in, like, uh, Day After Tomorrow and a few other movies like that, if you remember him. Um, so yeah, there's a few good actors in this. I thought it was good, but like, like Fro said, it's, it's, uh, it's the same show as multiple other shows I've seen in the last five years. It's the woman who can't remember her past and has to figure it out through all these clues. Uh, and she turns out to be some kind of huge badass. This has been, this show has been done like 20 times in the last five years. This is still a good show. It's just unoriginal. It's kind of how I feel about, uh, the loudest voice. It's like, okay, it's good, but it's already been done. You know what I mean? So how, how, how high of a score can I give this when it's already been done 20 times? Um, I mean, it's only one episode, so it could change and it could all get very different. But so far, it really just is Orphan Black with a different lady. I don't know. Uh, overall, I gave it a six. Solid six. Yeah. So we're not that far away from each other. What did you give it? 6.5. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I, I mean, we're right in. I think we both felt the same way about it, though, is that it Yeah. It felt rehashed, right? I mean, you've, that's... Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I do like the main character. She's a very good actress. I feel like she's yeah. underrated. Um, yes. But I feel like she, she made could... Me, she made me miss the path. <laughs> right. I, I well, liked her character better in this than the path. The path, her character yes. was so off-putting almost, but it was off-putting on yeah. purpose because she's supposed to be this yes. heroin junkie and everything. So, yeah. Right. Oh, All right. I wish they made the last season of the path by the way. I know, I wish they made another one. I, it was kind of a good ending, though, you gotta admit, when they're on the hill and they all kind of embrace yeah. each other. I guess it was a good ending. I do miss, miss that oh. show, though. Talking about the cults, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any more TV unless you do, so yeah, let's get into this. Yeah, the Family International. Uh, or whatever we're going to call them. Well, that's their name. So, the TFI, or the Family International, which was founded in Huntington Beach, California, in 1968, uh, originally named Teens for Christ, which we'll talk about Mm -hmm. in a second, later gained notoriety as the Children of God. 
uh, and then later renamed th themselves and reorganized as the Family of Love, which they inevitably shortened to the family, uh, and it, that ended up getting him in trouble, which we'll talk about, and then changed their name and is currently called the Family International. Right. We had this on our list for very, very long time. It's kind of funny. Uh, if you listen back to, uh, I, I, I think, over two months ago, we did an Australian TV show about also someone called The Family. And that is why this is so... Uh, we have had this on our list of topics for very long, but we have dropped it because we wanted... Uh, enough time between the the two things so didn't confuse people. Actually, we've bumped this multiple times. That wasn't even the only time. Yeah. Like, it's been... I think we were going to do this when we did the interview uh, uh, with Nikki, and it got bumped for that because right. we, we had to reschedule that and, and the interview, I mean, and it ended up landing right on the day we were going to do this. And I think we bumped it a time before that. Like, this has been on our list of things to do forever. But... Uh, it is very interesting, so. It is very, because it spreads a message of salvation, apocalypticism, spiritual revolution, and happiness, and destruct of the outside world, which members called the system. In 1976, it began a method of evolution called flirty fishing. We will talk a little more about that a little later. Uh, that used sex to show God's love and mercy and win converts, resulting in controversy. TFI founder and prophetic leader David Burke, uh, who was called Moses David in the Texas uh, press, gave himself the title of King, the last end time prophet, Mosias, and David. Moses. Uh, right. he, uh, yeah. What did I say? Moseus. I you got oh, Moses Mosaic. right the first time you said Moses David and then for some reason you said Moseus yeah. the second time. I'm not really sure why, but sorry about that. It's all good. He communicated with his followers via Mo letters. Letters uh, instructed and counsel of mere spiritual and practical uh, subject until uh, his death in nineteen ninety four. After uh, his death uh, his widow Karen Serby became the leader of TFI, taking the title of Queen and Prophecies. She married Steve Kelly in an assassin. Yeah, probably assassin. Assistant. <laughs> <laughs> Two different things, bro. Assistant and assassin. Uh, assistant of Berg, who Berg had, had picked uh, as her consort. Ooh. Uh, Kelly uh, took the title uh, of King Peter and became the face of TFI, speaking uh, in public more often than either David Burke or Karen Serby. There have been multiple allegations of child sexual abuse made by past members. Right. Uh, is it okay that I talk a little about flirty fishing first? No, we'll go into that later because that's like a okay. big, big thing. Uh, we should talk about like the build up to that because. That's way later in kind of the progression of this cult. Uh, this guy, David Berg, he really, when they say he communicated through letters, he he was never really seen by the rest of the cult. He kept himself, he didn't do like 
big speeches in front of them. He basically was behind the scenes all the time, and he had other people do the speeches for him, uh, specifically the uh, this guy Steve Kelly, who we saw a doc- documentary this week um, called Love- The Love Prophet and the Children of God, which uh, this guy Steve Kelly was in. Uh, we got to see an interview with him and other people involved in this whole uh, cult, uh, which actually started out not as a cult, started out as a children's uh, rock group, Christian rock group. Yeah, I mean, the beginning of this and what it turned into is so different. It feels a little like Scientology, almost, where Scientology was like a, a way of, of, of getting better at doing stuff and turned into a religion. It has very, like, much, much... Uh, well, I mean, with it. I would say every cult is very similar in that way. So you can kind of make right. that connection to any cult um, that we've talked about in the past. Uh, I don't know if this, ne- I, w- I don't know if this necessarily even has as much relation to Scientology as other cults we've done in the past. Like that guy who thought he was Jesus in Australia. I think maybe right. has more kind of relation to this. Uh, mm. than maybe Scientology does. But in general, cults kind of all run the same uh, line. There's always the the leader who wants to have sex with everybody seems to be a very uh, prevalent uh, story arc in cults, right? Um, Apocalypse always seems to be in there somewhere. Uh, and yeah, uh, this definitely goes along with all those other things, but... Like I said, the Children of God was established in 1978, uh, and it was a, it was a group. I think it was his kids or something, six right? His uh, sixth day it started, not seventh day. Uh, Children of God started in sixth day. Okay, uh, I must be reading it wrong. Uh, and it was his kids, and they would in evangel evangelical. Evangelize, is that how you say it? Evangelize? Evangelize? Evangelize, there we go. They would evangelize to people on, uh, in California on the boardwalk, and that reminded yeah. me of Banana Guy. Remember Banana Guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, that yeah. was the same boardwalk, Fro, believe it or not. Kind of made me think Banana Guy might be part of this cult. Um, if you remember that guy's name, I just call him Banana Guy. Uh, his name is... Uh... <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, the founder of the movement, David uh, Berg, uh, was a former Christian missionary uh, alliance pastor, and his mother was as well. His mother was a really well-known kind of end times pastor in the South. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, oh, I see. Uh, the Children of God was abolished in 78. That's what I was seeing. Not established. Abolished. So they got rid of the Children of God in 1978. Uh, Berg recognized the movement amid reports of serious misconduct and financial mismanagement. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chain's abuse of authority and disagreement with, within it about the continued uh, use of flirty fishing. Right. Actually, we're about to, I think now is when... Uh, before we go into flirty fishing, let's actually go into David Berg, because that's kind of where yeah. 
where we should start, and then we'll go into flirty fishing right after that, because that's that's the most interesting stuff is the flirty fishing stuff. But I he published over three thousand letters uh, in a period of twenty four years, and like we said, it was uh, referred to the mole letters. Uh, and uh, Berg said that he was the uh, God's prophet and uh, of the uh, uh, the world attempting to further solidify his spiritual authority with the group. Berg's letters also contained public acknowledgement of his own fallings and weaknesses. It says so here. I find it very interesting. Yeah, sorry. It says here, Berg founded the movement in 1968 among the counterculture youth in Southern California, uh, you know, the 60s counterculture hippies. Uh, he came in a long line of nonconformist ministers and evangel evangelicalists. He also decided, oh, evangelists, and he also decided to spend his life deciding to, uh, dedicated to Christian service. Initially, the group was filled with hippies and unchurched youth, but later drew followers from many other pl places around the world. This is when uh, they expanded to be known as the Family International. Uh, to communicate with his followers, he wrote letters. Like we said, he continued to practice, continued this practice for 30 years. Uh, he, his legacy is hi highly controversial. However, he was accused several times of child abuse, like we said. He disapproved uh, of mainstream Christians because he thought uh, they failed to follow the teaching of Christ. He believed that Christians should model their life after the first century church, living in simple life, devoting their life, time, and money to sharing the gospel of Christ with as many people as possible uh, during the first 25 years of the movement. Family International claims that they shared the message with over 260 million people over 100 countries. It says here he, li he yeah. lived in seclusion and apart from his main body of followers, due to his obsession with secrecy until his death, any photos of him appearing in the group's publications had his face covered with pencils drawing, often depicting him an, as an anamorphic lion, which we've seen a lot of pictures of those. So oh, this yeah. guy was like a secret cult leader who like, they would be in one place and he would be like, after a while they moved to Texas. And he was still living in like San Diego in like a in an apartment, and they were all on this commune, basically. Should we talk a little about his controversy? Sure. Uh, he was accused of uh, pedophilia. Uh, he was uh, in a child custody case in the United uh, Kingdom. Uh, Berg's granddaughter Mary Berg testified that Berg sexually molested her when she was a young teenager. Another of young Berg's granddaughters, Jan Teenwilberg, spoke on American television about being sexually abused by David Berg. And David Berg's adopted son, Ricky Rodriguez, wrote an article on the web uh, where he describes as the Berg sexual activity involving a number of women and children. <laughs> right. Um, as far as their beliefs go, we should mention that they were kind of like Mormons in the sense that right. he believed that you could have as many wives as you wanted. Many wives, yeah. Uh, yeah. But this, 
child molestation is a running thing through this whole cult, or at least for the 30 years this guy was around. In the documentary, they try, try to kind of put it off as uh, he himself was abused as a child, and that's what brought this all mm-hmm. up. Um, there was also a trial, I believe, in Australia uh, to try to charge him with some kind of sexual molestation of children, which it didn't uh, he he got away with, if you saw that mm-hmm. in the documentary. So that is yeah. definitely a running thing here. Uh, but it all has to do with sex. Uh, this whole thing has to do with sex. And if we go to Flirty Fishing, I'm actually at the thing. It's uh, This was something they used to recruit people into their cult, into the family. Uh, flirty Fishing is a form of evangelical religious prostitution uh, practiced by female members of the cult uh, currently known as Family International. Uh, this was a practice used from 70, 1974 to 1987. According to some sources, hundreds of thousands of men were fished uh, before the practice was discontinued. So they would, these women would have sex with men for free, like prostitution, but they would have sex with them. But the only thing that they, the men were required to do, the women would proselytize or uh, preach to them. Uh, during and after sex, I guess, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It says here, flirty fishing was defined as using sex appeal for proselytizing. If masturbation, oral, or penetrative sex ensued, it was termed loving sexuality, also counted as deep witness, meaning the bait earned more brownie points within the group uh, than by mere flirting, if you were flirty fishing. Uh, Berg noted that flirty fishing did not necessarily entail intercourse, but that this was uh, by far the most efficient method of proselytizing to people. Wow. <laughs> that is so crazy. Have you ever heard of this before in, in your life? Before this yes. week? I'd never heard yes. of this practice known as flirty fishing before in my life. Where have you heard of this before, Fro? I'm going to tell you one of uh, my biggest kept uh, secrets. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, this is used today uh, in a different way, and I'm 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 going to preface that with just say, saying that this is used still today, but in a different way. Uh, Mormons uh, do this in another way. Uh, it's not called the same, but I would say this, uh, the, the uh, uh, tactic is more or less the same. Have you ever... It's more or of... less the same. Okay. <laughs> you right. got to expand on that part, bro, because more yeah, or less right. the same, <laughs> that means a lot. Uh, number one, Mormons don't have sex before, uh, right. before marriage, so that definitely can't be the same. So you need to... Ex- uh, 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 maybe expand on that a little bit. I, I'm I'm going to try to explain it. Um, you know, uh, when Mormons go to missionary, uh, they go two years. Uh, yeah. They devote two years of their life, and it's you usually uh, between the age of seventeen and nineteen, if I'm not a hundred and ten percent correct. Somewhere in there, the, sometimes younger. Yeah. Right, it maybe has changed uh, a little. Uh, do you know how many percentage of them 
uh, that comes home gets married uh, right away after their mission? I have no idea. I would say the number is as high as 90%. But you're just making it up. <laughs> well, I'm, 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 okay, I'm making it up out of observation, though. Right. Of, of those two and a half years of, of people that I knew on, uh, as a Mormon that did their mission, of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of missionaries I met through those two and a half years, because I went around with missionaries for two and a half years, so I met a lot of them. I would say 90% of them got married right away when they got home. Because, one, uh, missionary work is looked upon as very uh, uh, important. And they send people with very like high hormone levels out on mission. There, there's a reason why they go two and two in pairs, right? You don't think they are sending people out uh, in in their 60s. There's a reason why they are doing that. And that is because they've shown statistically for the moment church that when two young people, men or women, come to your door, you are more uh, likely to let them in because they look good, fresh, and American. That's why they are dressed the way they are. It is actually somewhat of a sexual appeal. And that you can say that's, that's just fucking lunacy. But No, it's a stretch is what it is. You're, you're stretching. I understand what you're going for, but that is a huge right. stretch from uh, getting a blowjob uh, while being evangelized to, to two uh, guys in suits outside your door. You're stretching... Uh, quite a length, you know what I mean, Fro. But I understand what your your, your point. Okay. So I'm 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 just saying that uh, they are teach techniques how to talk to people in a way that makes uh, the Mormon the Mormon church is trying to be sexy. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. Like I said, it's still a bit of a jump. Uh, okay. You have to agree with that. From yes. from sexual intercourse yes. and blowjobs and masturbation to uh, we're trying to be sexy. Big jump there. Um, but I understand I what you're saying. Yeah. As far as this goes, what do you think about this? <laughs> I, I do think, I think, flirty fishing. I, I, I was like, I was thinking about it. Gosh, I was, I wish I was born in this. I was young in the 70s. No, uh, no, it's a very, very, very bad thing. Of course, it's a bad thing. I don't know. Is it? It is. I don't know that of it, is. it is. Mixing religion and sex? Yeah, no, I think that's the shit thing to do. I guess so. I mean... Uh, would I rather sit in a church and be preached to for two hours, trying to get me to convert over, or would I rather have a lady give me a blowjob? <laughs> Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's a little... It's weird. I mean, if the women are agreeing to it and they think that this is the best way they can get the word of God out there, bro, I don't... Mm. I don't I'm, I'm pro 
prostitution when it comes to paying women if they want to if they're not being forced into prostitution if it's their choice and they want to make money off of prostitution i don't have a problem with that personally right okay so in the same sense i don't have a problem with evangelizing to people using sex i guess unless they're being forced to it and in this case i think maybe the now cult now i think you are stretching I think that's not. I, I wasn't done with my sentence, though. I wasn't done with my sentence. I think that uh, in this case, uh, the brainwashing a cult can do could be considered uh, forcing them into prostitution. So I think in this case, it could be considered bad. But in the sense of just general flirty fishing, not associated with this cult, you know what I'm saying? I don't have a problem mm-hmm. with that necessarily, in and of itself. If you're involved in a cult that's brainwashed you into doing it, then I think it might. Then it's a problem. Does that make sense, bro? But what other? But but here's my question: What other things would it make you do other than brainwashing? If you weren't brainwashed to do it, why else would you fucking do it? What if you were just a prostitute who loved God? Then you would ask for money. Uh, well, what if your your thing was, I'll, I'll either take money, or you can listen to me do a sermon. And you were at the Bunny Ranch in Las Vegas, where it's 100% legal. <laughs> to make it even easier for you, bro. Um, I still think there's a difference. I don't, I, I mean, I, I don't I think don't there is, as long as they're not being forced into it. It's trading something for sex, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean we can agree to disagree. I just I, I see I see the flirty fishing thing. If you disconnect it from the cult, as being but, not as bad as maybe they kind of portray it as in the cult is definitely terrible. Uh, I guess is my point. Yeah, I I agree that the concept of flirty fishing itself is not bad. How about that? Right. And I mean, let's even expand on that. If it wasn't preaching about God, what if it was a preaching anti-war? Right. Or <laughs> agnosticism or... Right, or anything else. Anything. Uh, yeah. Saving the planet. You know, saving the rainforests, saving the whales. Yeah. yeah. And you're preaching yeah. that using sex. Right. I still wouldn't have a problem with it. So, But yeah, when you put it into a cult and you consider that these women might have been brainwashed to do this and forced into... Forced right. into it. I mean, maybe not at the time. They probably thought at the time. I think there was one woman in the documentary that said, at the time, it felt like this was the best way to get the word of God across. And then when I grew up, I realized, what the hell did I just do? You know what I mean? Um, after she got out of the cult. So actually, was... go ahead. Flirty fishing was, uh, just to make this very, like, uh, uh, flirty fishing was not unique, though, for that cult in that time period the moon is fucking did it all the time the who the moonies i don't know who that is have you never heard of the moonies i don't think Reverend so moon? uh he was uh, i i am i'm not sure what they call today i will google it but but uh 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 the moon the moonies were at at the same time uh doing the same thing uh, just in a, a different places then, and it wasn't as big as the as the family was. I'll I'll Google what it's called today though. Hold on. 
It sounds familiar as far as like the uh, the name you're mentioning, uh, but I'm going to go to the website. Uh, if you go to thefamilyinternational.org, uh, they have actually they have a French, Portuguese, and Spanish version of their website because this is all over the world. But I'm going to the English uh, version of their website. I'm going to go to about the Family International on their website. The Family International is an online Christian community of individuals committed to sharing the message of God and love with people around the globe. Founded in California during the late 60s, the Family International expanded to international network of over uh, 1,700 members in nearly 80 countries. Did I I buy you enough time? Yeah. Unification (laughs) Church of the United States, it's called now. Okay. Uh, Sun Myung Moon. It was uh, established in the 50s and 60s. They still actually do. But they they did a, a lot of the same thing at the same time. But uh, yeah, um, let's go back to the original thing. But this this website, I I went to the website. It's it's a very bad made website, isn't it? Uh, I mean, it looks pretty standard, like, formatted website. I, I don't think it is as bad as some websites. It doesn't look like it's from the 90s or from, like, 2000s. It looks fairly no, up-to-date. The pictures, the pictures are, are, are maybe, like, who is this? Oh, you might have to sit... Uh, if you go... The one that I sent you, you have to go to the right, and it says visit our main website. You see where it says that? It's the highlighted link. It says about TFI, and then right under this says visit our main website. Oh, there. Yes. Okay. Um, and then I just did the about thing. So why don't you go into the mission statement, Fro, on their website? Mission statement. That is always fun. Uh, oh, cute people. Um, she was very cute, the girl on the website there. Uh, they are very pretty people. Uh, the Family International is an international sh- Christian community committed to sharing message of God's love with people around the globe. We seek to bring hope and spiritual renewal through unconditional love of Jesus Christ that knows no borders and boundaries of race, creed, or social status. We strive to make the difference in the world by offering spiritual solutions for challenges of life and translating God's love into actions that manifests kindness and compassion and improves their lives to others. When the door to follow the uh, example of Jesus, his ministry was to preach the gospel, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liberty to captivities and recover the sight of the blind. Uh, we are committed to making a world better place. They are also committed to spiritual development and human humanitarian assistance. So that's good. Right. Uh, I'm going to go back and talk about, uh, since they were just talking about the spirit helpers, here's some of the spirit helpers they believe in, Fro. Uh, they include angels, uh, departed humans, meaning ghosts, other religious and mythical fi- fi- figures, even celebrities, for example, the goddess Aphrodite, 
the snowman. So just a snowman is considered one of their spirit helpers. Merlin, like the wizard, the sphinx, meaning like a giant, the giant cat in it's a it's a statue, but for some reason they think that is like an angel. Elvis, Marilyn Monroe, Audrey Hepburn, Richard Nixon, and Winston Churchill are all considered spirit helpers in this uh, religion. Should we go to their children section? Uh, if you want to, sure. The hope of the future. They have. Uh, we believe that every child has the right to be loved, cherished, and supported. Treated with respect and dignity. I wonder why they wrote the whole thing about us. Hmm. Uh, to encourage nature emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually. Have physical needs met, including nourishing, housing, and medical care. Why do you, they fucking write this down, you think, Luke? Could there be a reason? Hmm. Well, they uh, were to... called the children of God at one point, but yeah. <laughs> I think it also has to do with the the rape allegations, probably. Right. Uh, to receive good education, to be taught good values, to learn about God, to be taught self-discipline, uh, to realize uh, their full potential, uh, to develop individuality. Yeah. So weird. So weird. It's like uh, what we take as so uh, obvious, though. All right, so we went uh, to their website. Now I found their Facebook page, because they, of course, have a Facebook page as well. But it's just a bunch of memes. But the funny thing, I think, that I found here, the very first meme, if you go to their Facebook page, Fro, is a meme from Billy Graham, who, in the documentary, <laughs> to, uh, uh, maybe I'm wrong here, but David Berg was totally against these evangelical t television preachers, Right. Right. And so, but on their Facebook page, there's a lot of these evangelical preachers uh, that they are posting memes and posting little things from. Um, so they've definitely changed from his original kind of idea of what uh, what their following was. Uh, and now they're following people like, uh, like that. Uh, so this has definitely changed since the, whatever, 70s. Uh, but let's go to another website I found. Called yeah. xfamily.org. <laughs> now we come to the dark side. <laughs> the uh, dark. If you go to xfamily.org, uh, you'll see a welcome page. Is the family really a loose-knit fellowship of independent Christian mis missionaries like they claim, or is it closer to a high-controlled, secretive religious sect? Is it really true the family has, been never, has never been found guilty in a court of law? Why did the children of God fake a disbanding and resurfaces the family of love are members of the family cult truthfully and as upfront and will uh, do they tell the whole story at what point could what they do be considered scamming right mm -hmm. uh, where do you want to go on this website first i was thinking the faq is probably the best place yeah i agree uh let's go there uh uh, mission statement. It says uh, xfamily.org is supported by a group of volunteers. Number one uh, purpose is to be dynamically res uh, dynamic resource of information about the family uh, for people 
to provide tools which enable convenient access to that information and to help current and ex-members to process their past and to move on uh, to create their future. So this is a website created just for people who have gotten out of this cult to try to get them information about how uh, bad it was and reasons they should stay out, reasons uh, and other, other uh, ways they can change their life in the future uh, after they get out. Because it's once you get out of a cult, that's just the beginning of finding your new life. You know what I mean? Why does how does this concern me? They operate using a facade of charitable organization worldwide and benefiting from tax dollars. Family unites uh, use most of uh, your donation for their own living expenses while hiding their true identity, secret beliefs, and non, uh, non-torotic past. Is that what it says? Non-torotic past? Non- I don't know. Uh, uh, such as Charlotte's uh, uh, abuse, prostitution, uh, uh, provocation, and the smice of heat literature. Uh, I think the hate literature link was uh, very interesting. That's where I went into that. And the Family International's message of anti-Semitism and hate doctrines uh, that is um, uh, taught by them. And uh, it, uh, it, it is says there, uh, uh, it's an ugly t- uh, thing used to read the words of hatred from any form but these are the words of of hate were uttered by a self-proclaiming prophet of god david burke and what it said is yes i am an anti-semite because god is yes i'm a racist because god is and well what is said uh who led followers through expensive international publication called more letters through the uh, secret documents classified as though disciplines only, doctrines of the Vilternic hate were taught and spread by members of a religious group called themselves Family of God, showing the world uh, the public facade of loving missionary group. They sang songs of love and happiness for George Bush Sr. in the White House, operating as a world, a world scattering of sh- charity groups today continued to secretly endorse Berg's teaching of hate while preaching love for all mankind, soliciting your uh, donations, benefiting from tax exemptions designed for bon fide charities. But that's the, the thing with all organized religion, though. The tax thing. Right. It's time to wrap this up, I guess. We're pretty much right, right at the point we need to wrap it up. So, some other organizations that are like Fro said with this not charitable thing, they're using these front organizations. So if you see these organizations and they're asking to be involved in something that you're working with or something like that, if you're a Christian, these are actually fronts for the family. Uh, one is called the FCF or uh, the. F- what? Sorry, I just lost it somehow. Uh, the Family Care Foundation is their biggest one. You can look that they actually have a website, family familycare.org, and that's actually a front for this cult. Uh, a couple more are Aurora Productions AG, 
activated uh, activated ministries these all have websites by the way uh, another one is team foundation so if you see any of these the uh, brookside farm is another one all of these are uh front groups for the family that they're using to spread this this word without uh using the cult's name so yeah what do you think about this overall fro I think this on um, we have uh, the lunacy scale. Uh, it's up there. I will give them a nine. Uh, yeah. Um, on the crazy scale, is that what we're doing? Yeah, the crazy scale. Nine. Okay. I didn't know what we were doing. Um, overall, I think it's got some weird history to it. Especially considering yeah. going through the 1960s love, uh, peace and love generation, you know what I mean? Uh, that is definitely, they pulled from that and used that as a recruiting tool. The the 60s revolutionary revolutionaries, they used them uh, and their drug, drug habits. Because a lot of it was bringing in people and making them anti-drug as well, and making them Christian. It, there's like... It's really weird things about this that are like strangely positive, but also super. But there's more negatives than positives. It's just like any other cult, where they they're somewhat well-meaning at the beginning. You know what I mean? And then everything goes to shit over time. And that's what happened here with this David Berg guy. Overall, I'd give him an eight point five on the crazy scale. Movie round. Hey, look, I've seen a movie or two or three. Uh, I've seen. Uh, Attila Battle Angel? Alita Battle Engine? Alita Battle Angel? Yeah, right, something okay. like that. Something uh, like that. Yes, I watched it just because of uh, that guy uh, that is in, in it that I always uh, not remember the re uh, name of. The reason why I watched uh, Tarantino's movie uh, about hunting the Germans. What is his fucking name, though? Brad Pitt? No. Uh, the one that plays the German. In, 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 There's uh, a lot of Germans in that movie. <laughs> the main uh, bad guy. Uh, I don't even remember. Okay. Anyway, he's in this. Uh, I gave this movie a two. Shit movie. Uh, other movie I watched this week was Hellboy. From the new one, yeah, yeah. Uh, I l I liked the two first ones. I I I don't. Have you seen those? I only saw the first first one. Uh, I didn't see the second okay. of the first, two, first. and I didn't like that right. one. So there you go. Okay, I liked both of them. The them. Uh, this was a one. It's probably going to be on my worst movies of the year list. Uh, shut up, Burge. Um, uh, what other movie did you see this week? Uh, I, I just saw that... Well, besides uh, The Love Prophet and The Children of God, I saw a movie called Beats. Mm -hmm. Beats? Okay. Yeah, it's about a kid who gets PTSD uh, when his sister gets shot in, like on the street in front of him, and he gets shot as well. He gets uh, PTSD and kind of agoraphobia, if you know what that is, where you can't leave your house. Mm. 
Um, but he gets really, really good at making uh, trap beats and hip hop beats and rap beats because he's been in. His, he just that's all he does is sit in his room and and make them. And the security officer for the school comes to his house to see why he's not coming to school, and finds out that he's really good at this and uh, tries to become his manager. So it's one of those kind of movies. The the guy, the guy who's really good at music, and that the guy becomes his manager, and then somebody screws them. You know, it's the very the storyline's been done a hundred times. This one just had the twist of the kid having agoraphobia and PTSD, um, and having to deal with that obstacle as well. Uh, overall, I gave this a five, right in the middle. Nothing special, nothing terrible. So you didn't see the new Netflix movie that we talked about this last week, Shaft. No, I, I didn't not. know this was a fucking Netflix movie. I don't think it is, is it? It I, is a Netflix movie. I didn't know that, okay. Me neither. I was so sure that you have seen this. I'm so surprised that you haven't. Yeah, I watched Netflix movie, The Shaft. To be the honest, Shaft. bro, well, I'll let you yeah. get into this in a second, but most of my time was taken up watching Elementary uh, because I watched five episodes of that and uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and actually YouTube. I spent more time watching YouTube than anything else this week, so I kind of skimped on the movies. But continue with Shaft. Okay. Yes, uh, I have uh, seen the original Shaft long, 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 long time ago. Uh, I don't remember if I liked it or not, to be honest with you. It's that long since I've I've seen it. Well, to be uh, honest, the original Shaft is iconic, but as a movie, it's a badly made film, if that makes sense. Bad okay. e bad editing, bad camera work, bad acting, but that's what makes it iconic, in a way. So, there you go. Okay. Uh, but this has Samuel L. Jackson, Jesse T. Usher, Regina Hall in it. Uh, as a Netflix movie, I was very surprised. I was 110% sure that when we talked about it, we said it was in the movies. So I, when I opened my Netflix the day after we talked about this, and I saw, wow, Shaft is on Netflix. I was like, whoa. Uh, I give it four out of ten. Look. Okay, cool. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. I, I didn't know it was on there, but uh, I guess I didn't look around too much. Uh, any, that is that the only other movie you saw? No, I saw another movie that okay. we're going to talk about now, and uh, I didn't see it yesterday, but it is called Yesterday, but we will talk about it later. But uh, let's go into the movie bet, because we did the movie bet this week, or this month, I should say. Right, okay, I gotta uh, get to that. I, I, was, I was about to do Yesterday, because you were talking about Yesterday, and okay, I'm there, go ahead. Oh yeah, uh... And the true is it the two last movies you had was yesterday and Annabelle come home. Correct. What number did they do? Right. Uh, I guess I'll start with Annabelle comes home. Uh, opening weekend twenty point two million. Mm hmm. Yesterday seventeen million. What? It didn't even do as good as Annabelle comes home. <laughs> what? 
I wonder why. They advertised the crap out of this movie, and it still did worse than just a random horror movie that really isn't anything interesting or name recognition or anything, so. I think I know the reason, look, that we will talk about that a little later. Because I've seen this movie. Well, but, uh, right, but if you're going to say it's bad, that doesn't account for it not doing well in the theaters, because nobody will have seen it in the opening weekend, if, you, if that makes sense. So nobody would right. have known it was bad. But, um, but yeah, we'll get to that later. Uh, overall, the winner of the month was Secret Life of Pets 2, uh, which did $46.6 million. I actually saw an article this week saying how badly... Uh, movies in the theaters have been doing this month. Uh, it's like it's a huge spike downwards this month uh, as far as people going to the movie theaters. But that means Fro wins uh, the movie bet mm-hmm. for this month at least. I'm going to give you a choice. Look, I have three things that I really <laughs> want to do. Do you want to do a Democratic presidential candidate? Do you want to do a Norwegian television show? Or do you want to do a Norwegian directed movie? Uh, what was the first one again? Uh, a Democratic uh, candidate. Oh, like a presidential? Like in the yes. presidential candidates now? I, mm-hmm. Or a Norwegian TV show or a Norwegian movie? Those are my choices. Okay. Well, uh, no. Uh, n- directed by a Norwegian director. It's not a, a movie. In, but it could be an movie. American movie, right? Or something. Right. Um, I feel like the presidential candidate one is the most kind of like timely since we're right in the middle of this pe- presidential thing going on. So I guess I'll pick that one. Cool. That means that we are going to talk about Marianne Williamson, Luke. <laughs> okay. We're gonna, yes. I, I believe we're going to do that next week, right? So hopefully Same she'll topic. still be in the race is what I'm... Yes. <laughs> we have to hurry to talk about her. <laughs> exactly. Before she drops out. Yeah. Quick, quick, quick. <laughs> quick, quick, quick. Before she drops out. Yeah, we will cover uh, everything about Marianne Williamson. Because yeah, I've... For... I found out some things about her. She's uh, a self-help guru, right? And l- like I said earlier, she's like uh, Oprah's spiritual advisor or something. And she's a book. She writes books, self-help books or something. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a scam yeah. to me, but okay. Yep. Marianne Williamson, 2020. But uh, look, that means that you are getting the first half of July uh-huh. uh, because I had the first half of of June, uh, and I'm getting the second part of July, because you had the, uh, the first part of June. And I feel so like means... you you definitely have a better half, uh, because you have two movies, I, I think, are going to do really well, and I have one movie that we think but is going to do really well. you have a very good one, but you have a very good Right, and its predecessor won an Oscar, so, yeah, mm. people are definitely going to want to go see this. Let's talk about it. What's coming out in July, Luke? Let's begin with you. Not many movies coming out in July, actually. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, an action-adventure from Sony Columbia. Midsummer, a horror by uh, A24. Crawl, a horror by Paramount. Stubber, an action-comedy by Fox. 
The Lion King, an action adventure by Buena Vista. I don't know about action, but all right. <laughs> Once upon uh, a time in Hollywood, a comedy drama did by Sonic Columbia. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, the war is going to be Spider-Man versus Lion King. I think we both agree on that. Right, exactly. Uh yeah, Spider-Man comes out on Tuesday in, a, like, a limited release. It's coming out in, like, 4,000 theaters a little over on Tuesday. And then it's going to come out uh, nationwide on the weekend. So it does have a little extra time to make a little extra money. Not as many theaters, obviously, but that could help me. But Lion King is going to do so well. It's going to be in the 100 million <laughs> range, for sure. It's so good. I think the fight will stand between Spider-Man and Lion King, though. And I, I think it will be very interesting. I do think that Spider-Man will win, though. And I say that but But also, is people having a Marvel fatigue? like Or overdose, I should say? Mm -hmm. Right. Right after. Like, because, I mean, uh, Endgame was the biggest, like, Marvel movie ever right. coming out. So following that is also very, like, ooh. I've never thought yeah, about yeah. it until you just mentioned that, but I, that probably also has a lot to do with the downturn in people going to the movies is because everybody was so well, ready to go see that, and that was their big plan of things to go see in the movies. And once that was over, that was the, they didn't have any plans to go to the movies after that. Um and, yeah, nothing's come up that's as big as Endgame. So, yeah, that probably has a lot to do with the downturn in the people going to the theaters. But do you know what the most funny thing uh, about this is, look? Is that my uh, movie that I am looking forward to the most is Midsommar. And the reason why I'm most looking forward to Midsommar is it is made by the same man that made Hereditary. Oh, interesting. That, that was my favorite movie of that year. Yeah, I just never heard of A24 as like a distributor before, but sure. I, I think Once Upon yeah. a Time in Hollywood is probably what I'm looking most forward to, but that's just because Tarantino. Yeah. Right, right. But yeah, I, I have to say Midsommar. And if, if people are thinking, it's uh, probably saying it's wrong. No, it's actually a Swedish mm -hmm. <laughs> Swedish uh, title for the the movie. It's I saw the commercial for this. Yeah, it looks fucking awesome. I guess so. Uh, have you ever seen the Wicker Man? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that. I know. Right. Uh, but I've I've heard uh, that. Uh, people that liked Hereditary liked this one. Oh, okay. You hated Hereditary. I remember that. Uh, no, so I think I I'm, liked it. I didn't hate it. Hereditary? I just... I There were certain parts I thought were really cheesy, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And the ending was so... Right, I hated awesome. the ending. That's what I... I hated the ending. But most of the movie and the acting yeah. and everything was good in it. Right. But I've heard this is more straightforward... And I mean, it's very funny that this is about cultural diversity in Scandinavia. I, I can relate to that because I'm Scandinavian. Yeah. So, yeah, I can yeah. see how you'd be looking forward to that for sure. But, uh, hey, look, 
let's talk about a movie that I did not see yesterday. I've made that joke. <laughs> see, I laughed at that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's see uh, a movie I saw Monday called Yesterday. Okay. They got this giant tent and there are five kids that came to the birthday party? It's a, it's like a festival. Oh, I see. Like a kids festival. Yeah, that makes what sense. Okay. How did I not know in the comer in the trailer before him not having teeth? Somehow I missed that up oh. until now. I like that Pope John <laughs> Paul comes up. So all the jokes are going to be like somebody saying the wrong name of the Beatles song or something like that. That's every joke, probably. Mm -hmm. Kate McKinnon. Yeah. First person, as yeah. far as actors know, that I actually know who it is. Oh, the least funny man in the world. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like someone else has written all the songs. I've been waiting half my life for you to wake up and love me. But I'm a school teacher and you are the world's greatest thing songwriter. I'm not. Except for you are. Oh my gosh. They must have paid a shit ton for the rights for all the music, don't you think? Yep. Yeah, they spent a lot on this movie. All these celebrities and everything they got in here. Mm-hmm. See, that's the same joke. That's the same joke from earlier in the trailer. Mm-hmm. You had nothing to say about that while we were <laughs> watching it, Frozo. Uh, I'll go into what it was about. What is this Oscar-nominated movie all about, Luke? Uh, Jack Malik is struggling singer-songwriter in the English seaside town whose dreams of fame are rapidly fading despite the fierce devotion and support of his childhood best friend, Ellie. After a freak bus accident during a mysterious global blackout, Jack wakes up to discover that the Beatles have never existed. 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 61% on Rotten Tomatoes, 88% of Google users like this film. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I'm going to let you tell me what the internet told, thought about this movie before I go on a 60-minute rant about how awful this movie is. A 60-minute rant, okay. <laughs> uh, went to the Facebook, of course. It was a joke. <laughs> right. Uh, Paul Callow said, saw it yesterday. No pun intended. So you had the same joke you did, bro. Uh, with my daughter, and, mm-hmm. and it was thoroughly enjoyable and highly recommended. A great movie. And yes, oh, that wow moment. Uh, and how you got permission from Apple is is just great, is what it says. I guess maybe Apple Core owns all the music rights? I don't know. Apple, Apple bought all the rights from Paul McCartney. Oh, or, I didn't know that. Well, well Apple bought... Here's the thing. Do you know who they actually bought the rights from? Michael Jackson, because Michael Jackson bought all the. I did know that. Okay, yeah. Now that you say it, I yes. do remember hearing that before. Uh, William Peterson says, as I guessed before it came out, the critics and hardcore Beatles worshippers would hate it. The rest of us love the movie and the story and the music. Proof that their music transcends decades and generations. Even had me tuning into the Beatles channel on my Sirius XM radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barbara Cavanaugh uh, says, Imagine if there was no movie called Yesterday. I could. The movie had a storyline with as many plot holes as Swiss cheese, and speaking of cheese, the script was loaded with it. Well, at least I got my protein. Uh, hey, dudes and dudettes, for this movie, leave it be. See what you did there, bro? <laughs> No, I did. I do see what you did. And I have... You stole my joke there, lady! (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So, a little, like, preference to this. I I went into this thinking I would like it. I, I think... I think... My main problem with this movie look... And you're not going to understand this complaint other than, do you know all the fucking music they bought the rights to uh, use in this movie? Mm Mm-hmm. It was half played. What do you mean? And uh, I mean half a song, uh, just short segments of the song. Well, yeah, it's a movie. Uh, Yes, but... You remember when I saw, for example, Bikimian Rhapsody, or I saw uh, Rocket Man? It was integrated in a way, and they used the music in a way where it worked. Okay. And here, here we get snippets that are too short, and too many stupid jokes, and that's fucking awful woman McKenna is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck did she was in this movie? And I I have nothing but respect for for what they tried to do, but it was one of the most unpersonal movies I have watched in my entire life. I can't remember the last time I was fucking disappointed after watching a movie. I literally can't remember 
the last time I was this disappointed. I went up, uh, out of the movies and I said to myself, why didn't I like this? And the reason was just, like I said, the acting is, is on par. The love story is more than okay. Uh, there is one very, very, very terrible guest appearance in this movie. And I think the best movie, the best part of this movie was Ed Sheridan. And I'm not fucking kidding you. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I hated this movie. I give it two and a half out of ten. Two and a half, okay. Yeah, that's pretty low. I wonder how much they actually spent on it. Let me try to look that up. Uh, I do not see... I'm seeing how much they made, but I'm not seeing how much they spent on it. Lily Lily James? I, I love Lily James. She's very, very pretty. She's a good actor as well. Okay, but bad movie. Shit movie. All right, the only other movie that came out this week was Annabelle Comes Home, a horror movie. I guess I'll go into it. Uh, Determined to keep Annabelle from wreaking more havoc, paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren locked the possessed doll in the artifacts room of their house. But when the doll awakens, the room's evil spirits, uh, it soon becomes an unholy night of horror for the couple's 10-year-old daughter. Uh, directed by Gary D- Doberman, six point five out of ten on IMDb, sixty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, eighty-three percent of Google users like this film. Yeah, uh, we are in the last days where you can get uh, two courses uh, from the great courses for one credit if you go to audibletrial.com/slash another digital citizen. That's audibletrial.com. Uh, slash another digital citizen. You could do it like me and get uh, the alternative history of the United States. Uh, you can also uh, get an, a lot of boats of other uh, really good courses. I bought a course on 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 how to watch and appreciate movies. That's one of the, the things I got this week because I really wanted that. Hmm, okay. uh, I also got Got the forty-seven hour uh, course on uh, biology and the history of biology. I've started that. It's very, very interesting. Cool. And yeah, they have a very good deal. So go to audibletrial.com/slash/nothingdigitalcitizen, and maybe you can get two books for one, and you get to keep them even if you cancel. Why would you cancel? I have literally over a thousand books on Audible. Literally. Literally. Okay. <laughs> um, and hope they don't work like Microsoft, and they, so they won't steal your stuff uh, if they go under. You'll just get to keep the book. But you get to keep one free book if you use our Audible trial, uh, even if you cancel before the 30 days is up. Yeah, and now you can get two books for that same credit. Woo! It's true. But it's in the last days, so do it now. Hey, Big Brother. <laughs> oh, my God, Big Brother. <laughs> right. Did you see uh, this? Uh, yeah. Multiple people in this season have already been accused of being racist. Uh, 
uh, more than one. Yep. But the big one is the guy who looks like Aquaman. Oh, and he is the racist. <laughs> to make that very clear. Uh, why do you think? Like, just to start it out, I guess. Why do I think he's a racist? Now, what are the thing like the things that you've seen him do? I the I think the other guy is more of a racist than this guy. But go ahead and what what do you think? Well, uh, I I mean uh, he uh, the nomination. Yeah, you're thinking of the wrong guy. I was just talking about the oh, guy. Uh, the I'm guy who looked like about Aquaman. The wrong guy, yeah. Say yes. Yeah, sorry. I'm thinking about Mitchie. Isn't that his name? Mickey. Mickey. Mickey I think it's pronounced, but it looks Mickey? like Mitchie. Yeah. Right, because yes, he, I'm thinking of Mickey. He had to nominate four people, right? Uh, yeah. And it included and the only two black <laughs> house guests <laughs> and the one Latina <laughs> woman. Damn. Which I automatically was like, we had mentioned last week. This guy is kind of. Uh, like the one dude from previous years, what was his name? I can't even remember. But uh, he's looking more and more like it after this. Uh, but mm -hmm. it says fans believed he was targeting targeting minorities. Uh, and then, it's, but this is the thing that came interesting. Since he's in an alliance with the guy who looks like Aquaman, I guess his name is Jack. It says mm -hmm. uh, this is from the, the the petition to get him kicked off the show. Uh, Jack Matthews has said numerous racist things and has been aggressive towards the only black woman in the house, including saying he wants to stomp a mud hole in her chest. Uh, he needs to be expelled for Kimi's safety and to show it's not okay to be racist in 2019. Yeah. What do you think about that? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, it's, I thought it was very, very wedge. <laughs> I thought the nomination was very weird, to say it mildly. I was like, why then? <laughs> it says the petition got 300 signatures in 12 hours. That, I mean, that's not a lot, but it shows uh, that, that that is a short amount of time. But, I mean, this is, this is not abnormal, I guess, in Big Brother. It seems like there's always one person that ends up getting outed as a racist lately, right? Right. Yeah, so it's it will be interesting to see uh, who goes out. Or not, yeah. I, I doubt it, to be honest. I mean, they're probably like, have you seen the guy? He's ratings, right? Right. I guess so. What did you think about the first house of, uh, households competition? Uh, the head of house... Which one was the head of household competition? I don't even remember. Wasn't that the, the meatballs one? Uh, the meat. They were both at uh, at the comp uh, uh, the house guests in like that. Uh, they they needed to uh, take a uh, hold the ball in their hand. Hand was that the competition? No, I think that or was the I'm one missing. before that. I, I think it was the hanging competition okay. where they they were getting the stuff sprayed on them. That was that the head of house. All oh, oh, right, right. That was. Yeah. Which I assumed yeah, no. that the really tiny nerdy girl was going to win because usually people mm -hmm. with like the lowest body mass have the best chance on those hanging ones because yeah. they don't have as much to hold up. You know what I mean? Um, 
Right. And she did pretty well, actually. She got into the last three, so. Yeah, but uh, still good. Uh, th things we didn't talk about. A very weird stream this week. PewDiePie and who, look? James Charles, the uh, beauty guru guy. Yeah. Why? Playing Minecraft. Uh, I think they were on that new better? that new streaming service. Yeah. This was weird. This was very weird. It, it was very weird, but I watched... I didn't watch it all, but I watched part of it, and it was very funny. The very opening part in the first, like... 30 seconds, James Charles is, like, talking, and PewDiePie has to be like, no, 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 we're, we're, we're alive, we're alive, stop talking. Because <laughs> he's so, so about to say something he shouldn't say at the very beginning. Yep. <laughs> it would be a scandal. But, uh, yeah, I didn't even know they knew of each other, to be honest. I wonder who got them together in that conversation. Well, I know they know of each other. They're two of the biggest YouTubers out there. I'm sure they've... I know, uh, yeah, but, but... They don't know each other. Know. Yeah. Right. I bet you it was the, the that new streaming place. That... What is the name D -Live? of the... D-Live? D-Live, right. I bet D-Live got them together and they knew it was going to be huge for their, for their website as far as people watching if they were to do that. That would be my guess. I watched it. So, I mean... I watched the replay on YouTube. <laughs> So I'm not as good, but... Yeah. It was funny, though. It, it was, was very, good. very funny. I'm going to watch the rest of it, probably. Just, I'll watch it when I'm, like, cleaning my house or something, because it's not something you really need to pay attention to. You just have it in the background, and it's kind of funny. There were some good jokes in the stuff that I saw, but very interesting that those two would get together. Uh, yeah, I mean, James Charles is 100% back, I guess is the one thing you can take oh, yeah. out of this. No... And Tati is now under 6 million subscribers, so she doesn't have the gold uh, silver bu button, YouTube button. Huh, okay. Oh, I think that's 6 million. I don't know, do they take them away from uh, you? I, I think you still have it, they just, yeah. it, it Yeah, Yeah, but she, I, I think she crawled over it, but you have to stay at the same number for so and so long oh i see before you receive it yeah okay and that I makes think sense they found i think they found out that she was uh no under 10 million so, sorry because it's every 10 tenth of, of course and she has 9.9 .9 or something and i think you have to be over 10 for so so long uh to receive uh thing or or it would be very bad if they send it the first time you get over uh, that certain point. Did you hear that I mean, Trump? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Continue. No, I mean, I mean, uh, PewDiePie isn't over a hundred mil yet. So not yet. Yeah. No, it's going to be. Did you hear Trump said that homelessness started two years ago? <laughs> no. He was talking. They were t asking him about the pr problem of homelessness. I think it, he was in, talking about San Francisco specifically. There's a big homeless problem there. And he was saying, well, something really bad happened two years ago, and that's when it started. Apparently, to him, homelessness started two years ago. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> why he thinks that. Why? 
Because he's a rich, out of touch guy. That's why, probably. In the in all actuality. Uh, what else have you seen this week? I just found this weird video. I have not seen this, so we're going to watch it, both of us, right here for the first time. Dramatic okay. video captures moment teen saves toddler from falling second story window. So go ahead and give me a count. Okay. In three, two, one, go. Okay. Whoa! Whoa. That kid Whoa. came out of nowhere! Whoa! Okay, he's just hanging out in the middle of the street. He does seem to be looking up there like... He's like seeing the kid maybe and going... He positioned himself under the window, okay. Yeah. Raise his arms. Holy crap! Whoa! That little girl would be dead. That is super lucky. Yeah. And that was a damn good catch. <laughs> I I would probably not be as good as him. I'm very bad at catching still stuff. Are you? Yeah. I'm pretty I'm decent at it, I guess. I guess it depends on what it is. That would be I'm the a, most nerve-wracking catch ever though. <laughs> I'm a big fucking clumps when it comes to that. Oh, really? I played baseball yeah. when I was a kid. I was pretty. I was actually. I played catcher, so I should probably be good at it. Really? Okay. Yeah. Were you, were you that good that you were thinking of becoming a professional? No, never. We got second in state, like second in the state Ooh. one year. One of my teams did when I was catcher, though. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I was better at soccer when I was a kid. Uh. I was in like. You mean football? You mean football? Look, yeah, you're right. I w- uh, football. Oh. I was I was better at football. I, d- I became like a skateboarder at the beginning of high school or something, and I just got completely out of just you know organized sports completely because I thought it was just bullshit. But the soccer coach for the high school team would call up my house all the time and try to recruit me because he knew I was good, but I never played for him. So what did you think about the game against England yesterday? I didn't see it. What? You didn't say that you beat England 2-1? Oh, did we? Okay, the women's team, I'm guessing? Yes. So you're in the fucking final. Our women's teams are always so much better than our men's teams are globally. It seems. <laughs> I mean, we beat you in, 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 in the men's team. Right. <laughs> and Norway sucks in, 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 in male little soccer. <laughs> and we beat you. <laughs> you have like sixty-year-old pensionists. In, in <laughs> it's just we don't care that much about it, and so the people are—you know what I mean? Uh, people yeah. in America aren't going to invest as much money. I think is is one of the big things. I mean, the last days of David Beckham—he played in an American football team. Oh, really? L- L- L.A. Galatasaray, I think it's called. If I'm not remember 110% incorrect. And uh, uh, they did a very funny joke uh, talking about uh, Gordon. Uh, that's Corden, James Gordon. Oh, right, okay. They did a very uh, funny joke with James Corden when uh, his statue was going to be released in in front of uh, L.A. Galatasaray's headquarter, uh, James Gordon was there to fuck 
he stack you up. That is maybe one of the most funny uh, videos he has ever made because David Beckham looks so uncomfortable and out of like <laughs> his, his own self. <laughs> it's so funny. Okay, I'm uh, seeing anything else? breaking news, Fro. And I was actually, uh-huh. when I went to our Facebook to look up the Jeremy thing, I was having problems with loading up things, and it's looking like Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp users are reporting outages again, Fro, uh, happening for the second time while we're doing the show. Social media users are reporting experiencing issues on Wednesday. So, yeah, this is something to maybe look out for for next week. Yeah, and uh, what we will definitely talk about probably is uh, one of the most interesting things that has happened in Hong Kong and UK because uh, the UK uh, has been criticized for being in Hong Kong and making problems. I think we probably will cover that next week because yeah, we'll have to go into the whole uh, the whole thing about the protests there, which we haven't gone into yet. Uh, So we'll have to go into the what's going on with the protests in China and how the UK is involved in it. So, yeah. Right. Uh, but what we know is coming up next week is News of the Week. We will talk of The Loudest Voice, Episode 2. We will do another digital review of Midsommar. It's, 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 it's pronounced Midsommar. And we will talk about uh, the best candidate for president ever, Mary Williamson. That's right. Mm -hmm. I'm actually pretty interested in doing this. Uh, And like I said, hopefully she's still in it. I I, I honestly don't know why she was in there in the first place, but she did one of the most mockable things that we didn't mention at the beginning of the show of the whole debate in her uh, final closing arguments. Final closing. Saying, beat Trump with love. Right. He's using well, hate, and she's going to use love against him. Right. <laughs> There's a reason why I wanted to pick on her. Yeah. I wouldn't Sometimes. be surprised if we find some weird, crazy religion like we did that one time with the twins from Big Brother UK. You know what I mean? If we look yeah. deep enough. I, I, have, I have to thank the guys from Weekly Weird News. Uh, well, that's their show. But uh, it's called Internet Today. Internet Today. That's uh, Internet Today on YouTube. Uh, they were the uh, people that got me into this Maryam Williamson 2020 uh, thing, and they have a 36-minute video, uh, and mostly about her. So we will talk about a lot of things that came uh, from that video yeah. next week. Sounds fun to me. Cool. This is probably a very long show. Wow, robots. Yeah, it, it is going to be probably almost a three-hour show. Yeah. Yes. We love you all. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Be safe on July 4th. Goodbye, citizen. Goodbye.